Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM. 7.3 Guide me on the great Jehovah Pilgrim through this burning land I am weak but thou art mighty Hold me with thy power Sing as help me say Guide me on the great Jehovah This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Video answer with 24 minutes past six Monday morning. 
23rd day of uh, January 2023. It reads 230123. Or if you are from a different party, it's 012323. This is the City Breakfast Show. It's your springboard for an effective day. It's uh, relevant morning radio on your favorite down line 7.3 CDFM. My name is Ben Adavle. Thank you very much indeed. All right, so uh, we'll start off with Business Sense brought to you by ADB. This is an announcement to those of you who have existing loans with us. And you've serviced this for up to 12 months or more. The news is that we're providing with a special personal loan top-up to meet your hostel fees, your rent, your mortgage, domestic needs, and more. This gives you a reduced interest rates, extended repayment period, and helps you maintain your monthly repayment amount. Call us on 059-384-4898. That's 059-384-4898. Or visit any of our branches. All right, so I'm going to, I'm going to make uh, about two st- or three statements on success uh, as business sense for the morning. So success is a daily thing, not a destination thing. Success is a daily thing. A lot of people feel success is somewhere out there and they are here and that one day they will be successful. If they get a degree, they'll be successful. If they get a spouse, they'll be successful. Or if they hit a million cities, they'll be successful. But the thing we learn about success is that it's a a process and not a place. Success is a process and not a place. So whilst recognition of success can be on one day, so the day you get the degree is the day your success is recognized, success is actually going through the four years, going for the lectures, writing the IAs, passing all the exams. So success occurs every day. Now, in the same way, failure doesn't just happen. <laughs> failure only manifests itself on one big day. But failure can be happening every day. So you can be failing every day by the way you approach the day. So you're a success because you refuse to quit. And I think the key point here is that the secret of your success is determined by your daily agenda. The secret of your success is determined by your daily agenda. So success is not a destination thing. It's a daily thing. Success is not a place. It's a process. That was business sense. Amazing grace. How this is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Look around and I see that I'm getting by and I hope 
this show. Rise above the noise. Some people like to hide. Some people like to run away from the pain inside. Now it's your business. Do whatever you want to do. But if it don't work out, here's what you ought to do. Now just hold on. Sometimes a strong man is not one who can break down big things or do a lot of excellent mega projects. A lot of times we see success and strength as in the doing. But sometimes being strong is just holding on. Endurance is an understated part of strength. Some people call it speed endurance. Because usually our typical... Um, view of someone who's uh, strong is someone who's um, lifting weights someone who's like um, demolition man rambo all the big guys we look at are not schwarzenegger they all do it but sometimes a strong person one can just hold on for five more minutes so sounds of blackness hold on change is coming 632 city breakfast show For some reason, I'm loving these uh, these kinds of songs this week. Yeah, like this song, the song I played last week as well. You will know, Black Men United, Sounds of Blackness. You know, I, I somebody sent me a video um, last week, and this was a musician addressing a large church, and then he was saying that most of the Negro spirituals were played in minor keys. Now, mm. I didn't know this, so apparently, mm. if you like, every time I feel the spirit, you can play with just the black keys. All right, and apparently, a lot of the, uh, the, the I don't know, I don't have, that's why they call them Negro spirituals, but apparently a lot of them, uh, swing low, swing chariot, if you, if you take the keyboard and just press the black keys, you swing could, low, swing chariot, coming for to carry me, they were all black key notes. You could. And he was basically saying it was, a lot of the songs were actually like songs that they sang on slave ships. That, yeah. and there was one, one of the most popular ones, Amazing Grace. The, the guy was a, a slave ship captain who later converted to christianity yeah. and on the ships he had the west african slaves singing hmm. like they were humming to amazing grace so even though he wrote the words he used their, their lyrics you know hmm. so anyway but for what that's worth sky good morning good morning but were you there at the time that they were singing on the ship no no no, no, <laughs> no, the, no the, the guy actually the guy actually played the the, the music using the black notes what was the religion of the africa no he, he he didn't get the, he didn't get it he didn't say they were singing amazing grace okay. he said they were it was they were singing west african tunes so usually uh -huh. when there's a song they'll say lyrics by richard sky uh -huh. melody by kukui uh -huh. Uh -huh. so he said that the melody 
Okay. Yeah. Was taken from the slaves. Because I'm sure they would have figured Kundo Yeah, those kind of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they would have been thinking. Yeah. When I went to when I went to this fort in Keta. Um which one is this? The fort that's almost decimated. Frozen time, whatever they call it. Yeah, they were singing some song. I don't know the words, but it sounded like dun 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 dun. You know that you are a I'm trying to get the bits what they are trying to do. You know Thank you. So those are the things that the people heard that they used to do their own job. Anyway, guys, good morning. It's uh, six thirty-four, Monday the twenty-third. I mean, so many things to be grateful for. Mm. Life is great. Mm. Traffic is not that much. <laughs> kids sure? are going back to school. Oh. Arsenal is winning the league. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. Like, yeah, yeah. What else can you say? Look, the Manchester fans are bleeding this morning. You see all of them. Even if it is just three, the one more point. No, no, Sky. <laughs> Sky. What is Sky. happening? What is what is happening? Uh, the number of points Arsenal have amassed, uh -huh. even as in Venga days. Uh -huh. look, if they win their next match uh -huh. in 20 games, they'll have 60, uh, 53 points. Mm -hmm. That means they've dropped only seven points. Mm -hmm. That is unheard of. Yeah, very right? good. And then this is with the youngest team in the league, uh -huh. with one of the yes. youngest coaches in the league. Exactly. Uh -huh. And then they've played, apart from Man City, they've beaten mm -hmm. Liverpool, mm -hmm. they've beaten Spurs, mm -hmm. they've beaten Manchester Chelsea, United. they've beaten like Manchester United, <laughs> which, is, which we were never doing uh -huh. in seasons past. I mean, this is serious. Yeah, that's good, but you know, I'm talking about. Uh, how did Mourinho call it? Oh. Football heritage. Oh, look at that. <laughs> look at Chelsea fans talking about football heritage. You never know. You Even know. if it's one point to win the league. You have football heritage. They will surrender it. No, no, no. I think this is a different team. Okay. It is. It's, it's, it's a different team, but okay. this is a we, different we've team. got a long way to go, but okay. it's looking good. You know she's it's not even confident. Good. No, she's, no, she's, no. she's quietly confident. Yeah. Yeah. We are quietly confident. They'll, they'll win the league. No one understands. They'll win the league. We'll deal with Man City for you. They get a time first this morning. Yes. Charles Smith is in suit. Charles Rice, Attorney General Clash at the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. is over issues having to do with streetism, and um, we'll tell you more about it. A sad story coming in. Ex-GFA boss Al-Haji Jaula laid to rest. Mm -hmm. Also, killer of Cape Coast dance hall artist to die by hanging. And students of uh, Krubia Asante Tech. Uh, vocation, uh, vocational school run amok and they vandalize school property and government property. Goodness. All right. On the daily graphic front page today, ensuring success of debt exchange program engagement and cooperation is the way to go. This is coming from Attorney General and Minister of Justice, Godfrey Yeboadami. Also, Obechebi Lamte Interchange is progressing steadily. Mm -hmm. Yet about 85% complete. And first ever tax appeals board constituted. And here it is as well. Lepora Ahaji Jaula laid to rest. In the U.S. The same story on the front page. Of the rest in the U.S. Uh, according to the Daily oh, Graphic. So that's where he page. died. So they, they didn't bring him back. Yeah, uh, I feel like. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what it looks like. Oh, the back page of Daily Graphic Sport, Charlie. What's there? Dreams FC kick Hearts of Oak out of MTNFA Cup. I mean, how? We are thinking about the league. Phobia. The league is what we want. Don't worry. Phobia. <laughs> 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 the new publisher also has a story on uh, Lepora. 
Also, rioting students destroy government vehicles. 40 arrested. Ashanti Resek shuts down school. Uh, also this morning, we are told that the After Hub needs huge investment, according to Esla, and Pragya Ryder commits suicide. Hmm, the Inquisitor front page. Shut up and leave. Kofiamwa blasts Ken Oforiata. Also, Tema High Court shreds injunction against Electrochem. Ramadan seeks re-election for Adenta seat. And go for oil deal and matters arising. Let me take you now to the Ghanaian publisher. MPP prioritizes private sector growth. General Secretary shows organized groups. Also, Baumia worried about state of justice delivery. And Maltese Minister of uh, Foreign Affairs and Trade visits the National Authorities Authority. On the custodian front page, MMDCs threaten NPP MPs. Also, campaign for Balmia 2024 intensifies. The Yana Lords government for steps to revive economy. MPP mourns Lepura Jawula. And if you see something, say something. They're reminding us, um, the Ministry of National Security, saying if we see something untoward or strange, we need to dial nine. Nine nine to alert the authorities. The Chronicle says this morning, Volta MPP chair yells at NDC, stop your tribal bigotry in the Volta region. Oh, also living uh, conditions have worsened, according to former President John Romani Mahama, and 700,000 euros to repair aircraft for anti-Galamse operations. On the yeah. Business and Financial Times front page, Asante Gold projects, or projects, sorry, 772 million US dollars revenue in 2023. Investment promotion agencies meet in Accra on Wednesday. Cocobod defaults further, dampens investor, de- Bod defaults further dampens investor confidence, a unilateral role over 940 million Ghana cities worth of bills. Wow. And the first annual assembly of African investment promotion agencies is going to be happening here in Accra again on Wednesday. And more stories in the business and financial times. Uh, let me take you to the new crusading guide, Adasongo Controversies. Court shames Libby Warner. Um, dismisses injunction application against the electrochem people. Also, we are told gold for gold for oil program and matters that are arising, and then also GIPC to host Africa's first annual assembly of investment promotion agencies. Um, Right. And the Republic Press front page, $81 million COVID cash missing. Mm. This is the Auditor General report. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll delve into that. Chief Justice and Ursula inaugurate new court in Dansoman. In the Western Regional, na- in Western Region, National Service personnel allegedly commit suicide. Over 15,000 trained teachers to undertake nationwide national service. Um, yeah, national service. Uh, police grab 40 SHS students for destroying school property over poor results. Mm. And Alaji Jaula dies at 74. Right, let me take you to the Economy Times. Inflation to surge further. And Ghana's economy expanded by 3.6% in 2022, according to the AFDB. And mining sector reforms, local banks to handle 60% of sector's financial services. We go online. Mm. Mm. There's a story that I want to start with online. COVID-19, $81 million worth of vaccines government paid for was not delivered. This is the Auditor General's report. So where's the money? That's what the report is looking for. Meanwhile, Theo Champon is asking government to renegotiate IMF terms by re-engaging them. Other stories on the City Newsroom website. The fuel prices may drop this week after gold for oil policy. Oil comes in. This is COPEC predicting. Mm-hmm. Individual bondholders committee to complete their work this week. 
And then, as you read, two school stories, Krobi Asante Technical Vocational School shut down after student rampage, and then students stranded as fire raises girls' dormitory of WASEC Tech. Now, if you go to my journal line, they are leading with the same Krobi Asante Technical School story. Mm-hmm. And then, still on Auditor General, we can't validate 37.6 million CD bill for free water. This is the Auditor General. And then, contractor for abandoned work after taking 4.5 million CDs for COVID treatment center in Nalerigu. Mm-hmm. This is the Auditor General's report. We have the full report. We'll give you some highlights. A really, really good audit of this. Uh, it's a, just a short period. Mm-hmm. I think it was March to June 2022, mm-hmm. or 20, during the COVID period. And then, um, Cocoa Board Bill, banks have no right to debit accounts without consent of account holders. So that's the other big story. Mm-hmm. The Cocoa Board Bills, the government rolling over unilaterally mm-hmm. is leading to some tension within the space. And then banks are also seeking shorter maturities in local debt swap deal. Meanwhile, SIGA says they are waiting cabinet approval on listing SOEs on the Ghana Stock Exchange. Exchange. All right. Okay, Bernard, let's take off this morning with this uh, story uh, from the Krobia um, Asante is that, is that the biggest story in Ghana? And vocational school. Uh, the reason is that increasingly we're seeing students in discipline. The universities are doing it. Recently we saw it from the northern okay. part of the country. Now, from the middle belt, we're mm. told that some people have been misbehaving on campus. Mm. Now, the story in the Ghanaian Times is by Kinsley E. Hope from mm-hmm. Kumasi. And it says that a group of students of Krobia Asante Technical and Vocational School at um, Asokore in the Setra East District of the Ashanti region on Sunday ran amok and vandalized property of the school running into thousands of Ghana cities. Now the students accused the school authorities of being responsible for poor examination results of their predecessors. <laughs> now the students write the National Vocational Training Institute NVTR Certificate 2 and National Business and Technical Examinations Board Certificate. Mm. Now it is still not clear which of the results the students were referring to. Now, according to the senior housemaster of the school, Jenny Manuel, in a telephone chat with the Ghanaian Times, quote-unquote, we do not even know which results they are talking about. The fact is that certificates for 2021 and 2022 are yet to be released, unquote. Now, he said the rampaging students, uh, most of them girls, Bernard, have been asked to go home until further notice. Now, the assembly member for the Fiji State South Electoral Area, who doubles as the coordinator for the free senior high school uh, program in the district, Ebenezer Opoku, said six cars have been destroyed by the students, four of them belonging to the school and two private ones belonging to teachers. Now, he said the students also destroyed the bungalow for the senior house mistress, her car, school's notice board, stores and food stored there. <laughs> now, the, Mr. Opogu said security personnel protected the principal's room from being damaged, <laughs> but the principal's vehicle yeah. was destroyed. You know, you know what's uh, interesting? You remember two weeks ago, was it last week? Last mm-hmm. week, Monday, the Education Ministry decided they were going to appoint a Dean of Disciplinary mm-hmm. Affairs in SHSs. Mm-hmm. And I think that confirms your, story, your view that there's growing discipline in senior high schools, mm-hmm. and for some reason, the school authorities don't know how to approach, okay, it. approach it. I'm not too sure if appointing this dean of disciplinary affairs is the solution. Maybe we can ask the teachers or the school management. But we have to spend some time talking about this, whether it's the the policies, whether it's the media mm-hmm. coverage, whether it's the social... I don't know what it is, but somehow... Or maybe the missing link is from home. You never we know. don't know, so we probably want to, want to do that. But well still, since you're on education, yeah. the other one, which is a quick one, is that students of uh, WASEC Tech 
the girls dormitory was raised down and the students are stranded this Absolutely. was not uh, any indiscipline matter mm-hmm. this was purely an issue of fire okay all right well the domestic debt exchange program is still making headlines on yes. the front page of the daily graphic engagement and cooperation are the way to go uh-huh. the attorney general is speaking now he's called for extensive engagement and cooperation from all stakeholders to mm-hmm. make the domestic exchange program mm-hmm. uh, success mm-hmm. in an exclusive interview with the daily graphic the ag said the nation had reached a critical juncture and it required all to come on board to support the common cause of repositioning the country for a turnaround and growth. Mr. Dami lauded the Ministry of Finance for stepping up its engagement with the bondholders and relevant stakeholders, a situation he described as key to debunk false assertions and increase confidence in the debt exchange program. He said, I think the most effective way is to ensure the cooperation of the bondholders, and I'm very gratified to know that the Ministry of Finance is engaging them. Even before my opinion was sought, various steps were taken to engage some institutions and stakeholders. Mm. The Ministry, since then, has been extending the deadline to ensure more engagement. Right. He said he urges everyone mm. to cooperate so in the best we, While that is true to an extent, that, for example, the individual bondholders committee will finish their work this week, mm-hmm. there's a troubling story in the BNFT and, indeed, on other websites about the Cocobot bill, mm. exactly. which many people did not expect a rollover. Mm-hmm. And there appears to have been a unilateral rollover. It's okay. on the BNFT page, too. Okay, so let me take that story uh, for you. The story is by Joshua Wolasi, Amlanu, and Ebenezer Chike, Ejay Njoku. And they writing together say that the Ghana Cocoa Board has defaulted on payments of its matured 182-day bail for the first time, rolling over an outstanding um, or outstanding securities of some 940 0.4 million Ghana cities, albeit without um, investors' consent. Now, the development has led to confusion and concern for investors expecting payments to be made on these securities. Now, according to the market information, or market information, the outstanding payments were made to investors who were credited, but later had the credit reversed and automatically rolled over without their consent. Hmm. Now, this sudden default has raised many questions among investors as they now have to decide whether to sell their securities to willing investors or seek legal redress. Now, the story goes on to say that Fred Duvon, who is the uh, managing director of the uh, Pakan Securities, said in an interview with the BNFT that Cocoa Board has an obligation to buyers off the Cocoa Bills which were for the yeah. for a fixed uh, tenure, but may or they seem to have altered the terms without the consent yeah. of their clients. This move has left many clients feeling frustrated and yeah. uncertain. You know about what is troubling about this? If you go to mm-hmm. the FAQs for the Ministry for the Debt Exchange, mm-hmm. there's a question they ask: Which bonds are eligible for an exchange? Mm-hmm. Then let me just read just three paragraphs. Except as set forth below, all locally issued bonds and notes of the government will be eligible to be tendered in a domestic debt exchange, excluding T-bills. Mm-hmm. So T-bills are out. Mm-hmm. In particular, it includes bonds, locally issued bonds, and notes denominated in Ghanaian CD and bonds issued by Esla and Dachi. Mm-hmm. So that's clear. Mm-hmm. But then they said, furthermore, domestic non-marketable debt instruments and bonds and notes issued by Cocoa Board mm-hmm. will also be under comparable terms at a later stage. So a later stage means what? So that's the, the, the confusion I've felt. Well, we are still in negotiation. Mm-hmm. The debt exchange just began. Mm-hmm. So if you say cocoa board bonds will be at a later stage, you will feel at least let this round mature, mm-hmm. and then the next one. Mm-hmm. So for and what, what made this one interesting was that 
the monies were paid, mm-hmm. and then the BOG redrew the, the payment. Reverse the payment. Ha, so that's what's causing a lot of confusion. Yeah, but I mean, way. if indeed the, the, the obligation had matured, mm-hmm. which meant that Cocoa Board needed to perform a side of the bargain and reversed it and failed to do that, they would have been in breach of contractual obligation. That's the right. point. That's why people are not happy. <clears throat> Let's come back to you. But, but there's a story I want to bring to your attention. Still on the economy? Yeah, that's right. Page 9 mm-hmm. of the Ghanaian Times. And Bryce Simmons is claiming that Ghana is not yet experiencing full-blown economic crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, the Honorary Vice President of Imani Center for Policy and Education, Imani Africa, Bright Simmons, has asserted that though the country's economic or economy, uh, these people should prove it properly, mm-hmm. faces a serious financial crisis, the economy is not in full-blown crisis as we speak. Mm-hmm. Now, Mr. Simmons revered for his uh, expertise in economic matters, argued that there has been uh, no evidence that the country was in a complete economic yeah, what, what crisis. Is, what he's saying is that the West is yet to come. Now, let me take you to the Auditor General's report on $81 million worth of vaccines government paid for not delivered, among other startling revelations. Now, the Auditor General has reported that $80 million worth of vaccines paid for by government has not yet been delivered. Mm-hmm. According to the report... Government paid over $120 million to the United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF, and the African Vaccine Acquisition Trust, AVAT, for vaccines, but only $38 million worth was delivered. Now, the report has thus recommended to the Chief Director of the Ministry to renegotiate and recover the outstanding balance. This, according to the Auditor General, must be done immediately to ensure the amount is recovered to the state. Now, we noted that, here's a quote, we noted that uh, the Ministry of Health on behalf of Government of Ghana paid an amount of $120 million to these two bodies for supply Mm -hmm. of vaccines. However, 5.1 5.1 million doses of vaccines valued at 38 million were supplied to the national code room, leaving a difference of about 181.8 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the report also stated that over 2.5 billion dollars of money is mobilized for the fight against COVID. Uh, only 25% was used on health. Mm. Listen to this over 2.5 billion or 21 billion CDs worth of money is mobilized for the fight against COVID. Only 25% was used on health. Oh. The Auditor General added that the balance was spent on government programs such as free SHS and LEAP, among others. But how does the... I have the full report. What's the, what was the connection between LEAP and then free SHS and, SHS and, uh, and COVID That is the question. Funding. So we'll find out yeah. when we go into the report. Okay. Well, there's been a lot of uh, news that on, the, on the downside. Let's take some positive news. Okay. 17 years of integrated farming pays off as Ya Ajile is declared best female farmer of 2022. Mm. Now, this is a woman who decided to practice the principles of integrated farming where she combined crops and animal production. Mm. She's high and above her peers. Uh, she uses the grains and crop residue to feed her animals mm-hmm. and also uses animal droppings as manure to fertilize her fields. Mm-hmm. She owns an 85-acre cocoa and banana farm, 16 acres of plantain and cochlear farms, 30 acres of okro, 8 acres of garden eggs, 6 acreages each of tomato and cassava, as well as 5 acres of cocoa yam and other crops. For mm. animal farming, she has 800 local fowls, 800 snails, wow. 45 pigs, 16 sheep, 9 rabbits, and 6 sheep. Wow. Hey, they've wow. a sheep again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's, she's 64 years old. Charlie, she's from the Wasaminfi East District mm-hmm. of Western Region. Mm-hmm. And with 17 years again of experience, she mounted the podium to be crowned the best female farmer. I'm waiting farmer. for the best farmer being a woman. Yeah, That's instead of female farmer yes, right yeah. but kudos to her she got a hundred thousand ghana cities check mm-hmm. and other souvenirs so well done mm-hmm. to her oh, and to other women who are in that that profession right now there are a couple of stories that we will not bring i'll bring you but gold for oil policy fuel prices may drop this week 
according mm-hmm. to COPEX. So that's another good one. Because of yeah. the goal for oil policy. So Dan Kanama says the price of petroleum products may, mm-hmm. that's a big may, see a decline if the oil secured by government is distributed this week mm-hmm. and the details are given the story. Mm-hmm. There's a headline on the Herald that, I don't know if you have the story, GMPC, Gensa, Energy and Napo inflict more pain on bankrupt Ghana mm-hmm. as gas sector discounts uh, <clears throat> lead to multi-million dollar debt. Mm-hmm. World Bank guarantees are threatened. The story mm-hmm. is in the Herald today. Also, government hijacks Machokoko board bills for six months. That's the story we just read for mm-hmm. you. And that those are other stories coming yeah. in from well, that graphic side. business. Speaking of gold for oil, mm. um, the the member of parliament and ranking member of mines and energy, uh, John Jinapo, is criticizing the move. And interestingly, his brother mm-hmm. is the one who's in charge mm-hmm. of that sector. Oh, so really? Abu Jinapo. So no, it's actually a, a fusion of two ministries, isn't it? Yeah, but, 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 but the, the lands ministry, lands ministry is part okay. of the deal. Right. right. So now he's he, raising his concerns because about mines is under that. Uh, the jobs of thousands of people engaged in the gold exporting activity will be lost mm-hmm. when the policy is implemented. You can read more in the business uh, segment. In of graphic, fact, he's quoted in the uh, new crusading guide as describing the move as "quote unquote" a lazy man's approach, mm-hmm. which has that, the potential to rather Western governments <laughs> unsustainable. <laughs> this, this, this is something we, we read last week, so mm-hmm. they are just rehashing the story. Okay. I want you to go to the Ghanaian Times. There's a front page story that I thought is interesting. Yeah, it's a story on page 12 concerning AG the rights and yeah, child rights international, exactly of Ghanaian children and those from other West African or African states mm-hmm. and the story says Charles Streetism suit Charles mm-hmm. Rice Attorney General clash at the Supreme Court mm-hmm. the story is by a Times reporter and it says that a non-governmental organization Charles Rice International and the Attorney General have filed seven legal issues for determination before the Supreme Court in a suit in which the former wants um, the court to declare as unconstitutional the plight of street children in our country. Mm-hmm. Now, led by its executive director, Bright Appear, it is the case of the CRI that the 1992 Constitution protects children and therefore, by allowing children to fall victims to streetism, the government was violating the children's constitutional right to education, health, hmm. human dignity, and denying them their social and economic rights. Now, the joint memorandum was filed... Um, by the parties, uh, person to it gives you the rules uh, relevant for the purpose. Mm-hmm. But it goes on to say that the determination of the final legal issues which the court set out will culminate in the judgment as to which of the parties' case the court would uphold. Mm. The case is being monitored heavily by the public, considering the streetism menace in our country. You know, many of these um, kids uh, from the Sahel, I mean, you know, the regions uh, that are up north of, of, of Africa, and then down Burkina, and then all these places, you see them with their parents on the streets begging. Mm-hmm. Again, you also have so they massive want to test numbers. The in court. Exactly, massive numbers of our own kids who are in the streets, kayaking, and all kinds so of So are they saying the government has a responsibility to raid the streets of kids, i.e., by putting them in the right places, including exactly. in school. Uh-huh. So he's suing that the they state. Am- yeah, that's right. I think that's very good legal it's advocacy. Serious constitutional now, matter. let me give you a mixed mm-hmm. story on the economy. Whilst inflation is going to surge higher, according to the Economic Times, mm-hmm. there's some positive news. Mining sector reforms, local banks to handle 60% of the sector's financial services. So mm-hmm. this is a. Uh, uh, Economy Times says government shows commitment towards reforms in the mining sector mm-hmm. by deepening local content. All mining companies are expected to ensure that at least 6% of financial services, including revenue from the sale of minerals, go to local banks. So that's okay. a good one. Mm-hmm. But inflation, according to Elam Desau, is going to go further up because of the recent increases in tariffs. So according to Elam Desau's analysis, the PURC's increase of electricity and water tariffs, mm. pressures for the introduction of something. 2.5% VAT, mm-hmm. 
and then other things will push inflation further up. It's already over fifty five percent before it comes down. I want okay. I want solar. You want solar? Yes. How do you get the money for that? Before we go, I have got one headline for you and okay. Bernard. It says, it's in the Republic Press. It says, stalemate shows Liverpool and Chelsea's mid-table reality. Charlie. Stalemate <laughs> you know? shows no Liverpool and Chelsea's no, mid-table. It was a mid-table clash. Two almost hopeless teams to playing each other. To this is the, the City Breakfast Show. <laughs> the city's biggest conversation. Ah, you know you papa see that? Idiom. And it's Ricky Tika. Hey, papa. Bobo. Papa. Oh, <laughs> ah, Bobo. So have your engine now. It is half man, half amazing. Thanks to cause and you. Don't feel better energy. Can't touch this. So Sancho's engine just died like that. Yes, so somebody managed to convince him that there is a better engine oil than quartz. And he switched. Ah, Sancho Panza. Now, which engine oil can be better than quartz? No other, my guy. Quartz with its age-resistant technology, it keeps your engine younger for longer. Now, you know, have you guys seen the new bottle design? It's superb. Quartz 9000 from Total Energy's day improves fuel efficiency. Why do you think Mr. Mane and Logo so have taken the quartz nation movement World Cup like that? Mr. Mane, sorry, sorry. Chairman, no money. Chairman, hey, Chairman! Quartz, keep your engine younger. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. The first edition of the news for the week. Michael Obodu is here. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bernard. Hello and welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN World Enterprise Life, your advantage, Access Bank, more than banking, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, Individual Bondholders Forum retreats commitment to ensuring individual bondholders are exempted in the domestic debt exchange program. Also, Institute of Energy Securities, IES, projects fuel prices to go up in first quarter. Quarter of 2023, despite introduction of the gold for oil policy. Let's head now straight into our stories. And the legal committee of the Individual Bondholders Forum has revealed that it is still studying the various legal options available to them before they head to court for the exemption of individual bondholders. This comes at a time when the finance minister, with some frontline members of the Individual Bondholders Forum in Accra, have agreed to set up a technical committee for a broader dialogue. The groups and other individuals have vehemently kicked against the inclusion of individual bondholders in the program. Speaking during a virtual forum, Thelma Terrier, spokesperson for the legal committee of the group, explained that it will be premature to go to court now. Like I said, our legal team is looking at it. The law firm that we've um, engaged or retained is looking at it. And as and when anything changes, we will have the conversation with the group and proceed with whatever the recommendations from the law the lawyer is. In our meeting with the finance minister, one of the points we were making forcefully was that not only are we saying no to DDE, but we are insisting that the people who decide not to participate in this so-called voluntary DDE will not be shortchanged in any way. 
That was Thelma Terrier speaking for the Individual Bondholders Forum. Meanwhile, member of the Individual Bondholders Forum, Martin Kibu, has stated that the group will not renege in its efforts at making sure individual bondholders are exempted in the domestic debt exchange program. He gave the assurance during a virtual forum held by the group. When it comes to the what do we do to keep out the pressure, we'll continue the advocacy. So you see yesterday, the bond matter was the most topical one. Senior was on Joy FM News 5. I was on TV3. I think William or somebody was on the City and so on and so forth. So we'll keep, we'll keep the, the media presence very, 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 very high. And then, as I mentioned, they look for 2-4 and all the other uh, measures with, uh, or plans we've put in place. Another meeting before 31st. I think we can look at that as uh, leadership and come back. In the interim, as we just keep doing the advocacy in the media, you hear the message is very clear. Exempt, exempt, exempt. That is not going to change between now and uh, 31st. Yes, I don't see that changing because government is bought the argument. So right now it's just about managing the process to be handing the report and then government gives the official communication that we've been exempted. That was a member of the Individual Bondholders Forum, Martin Pebu. Meanwhile, economist Professor Lord Mensah is urging government to sustain the investment confidence Ghanaians have in the economy by being imperative with its stance on Treasury bills. This comes on the back of assurances from the Finance Minister, Ken Oferiata, that Treasury bills are exempted from the broad contours of the debt sustainability analysis. He explains that although the country critically needs operational funds to turn around the economic woes, Government must remain resolute not to touch Treasury bills. In an interview with City Business News, Professor Lord Mensah said government should be judicious in its economic moves. Uh, the Treasury bill for me will be suicidal. I don't think government will compare that economic cost for you know exchanging the Treasury bills. Because if you look at the uh, debt composition of the country, Treasury bills are top of the 2021 you know, debt uh, profile report. Treasury bills are about $3 billion. And um, the economic cost, if you should touch the e-bills, will be more than the three billion that you want to see, you know, from the entire exchange. Uh, one of the costs, economic costs, is going to be the trust that people have been president to go down as it has happened to the bonds. As we speak now, the investor confidence has gone down on I mean, long-term government instrument completely. So you see that the e-bills are the ones that are selling now. So the government made an announcement of issuing more T-bills. So government needs, you know, T-bills for short-term operations. And for every restructuring, if you lose the, you know, short-term operational source of funding, then, of course, the economy more or less will be coming to a halt. So looking at the economic cost, I don't think um, the, the, the government will go in that direction. That was economist Professor Lord Mensah. Now, the government has indicated that it expects to see major improvements in the addressing of tax concerns among businesses and individuals in the country. This comes on the back of the inauguration of the Act, which establishes the Independent Tax Appeals Board. The Act, among other things, seeks to address the shortfall in tax liability without payment of a penalty and other related matters. Speaking to the media, Finance Minister Ken Oferiata expressed confidence in the board's ability to address tax-related concerns. 
I mean, the essence of the Independent Tax Appeals Board is essentially um, to provide a fair and independent forum for dispute resolution. As you know, there are lots of um, disputes um, between um, taxpayers and Ghana Revenue Authority, both on the individual basis and also on corporate basis. Um, so we are hoping to bring a sense of fairness where we can hear issues quickly and effectively um, with people who are trained and uh, experts in this area. Um, so that really is a reason. As you know, uh, recently the Supreme Court came out of a four-to-one decision on the issue of taxpayers uh, paying 30% um, of an aggrieved amount before we begin to speak. So that has become, you know, uh, interpretation is clear and it will facilitate that. Uh, this will also take uh, the pressures um, on um, the GR administration and all the Ministry of Finance to know that they are experts um, who stand to protect both the citizen and what um, the Republic deserves. Um, so it's a very exciting period. Uh, the amendments were done in 2020. It's taken us this long um, to get here, uh, but we are here and we are very confident uh, in the Ghanaians who are going to be on the board. That was Finance Minister Ken Oferiata. Now, the Executive Director of the Institute for Energy Security, IES, Nana Amwese the seventh, has warned that despite the good for oil deal, the prices of petroleum products in the country will keep soaring in the first quarter of 2023. The bulk oil storage and transportation company, Bost, on January 19, started selling petroleum products procured under the good for oil butter arrangement. However, the price of petroleum products at the pumps has seen an increase after weeks of decline, with petrol currently at 13 CD 60 per swiss, while diesel is selling at 15 CD 50 per swiss at major pumps. Here is the executive director of IES, Nana Moise the Seven, speaking to City Business News on the matter. Ghanaians should manage their expectations on this cargo. The end of this window. And the first pricing window of February 2023, Ghanaians must rather expect increases at the pump because government's first parcel is not large enough and the supplier's premium savings is also insignificant to induce any meaningful impact. We should not be overly enthusiastic about the arrival of the first cargo under the Good for Oil program. That is to say the cargo's cost and quantity cannot translate into any meaningful reduction at the pump. The cost of the cargo is at a premium to the world market price and not a discount. Even though the cargo supplier's premium is a bit lower than what the BDCs are currently paying to suppliers, the saving is not enough to have a significant impact on domestic prices. Again, the quantity of this first cargo represents just 25% of the country's monthly consumption, meaning the quantity and the lower premium cannot distort the market in any meaningful term. Currently, the city is losing value against the foreign currencies. To make the matter worse, international fuel prices are surging. These two variables will automatically induce increases. Nana Moise the seventh is the executive director of the Institute for Energy Security IES. Now on the interbank foreign exchange market where banks trade amongst themselves, the dollar remained unchanged and is selling at ten cities thirty-six pesos. The British pound is selling at twelve cities eighty pesos. The euro is selling at eleven cities two pesos. However, at some forex bureaus in the capital, the dollar is selling at twelve cities ninety pesos, the British pound at fifteen cities fifty pesos, and the euro at thirteen cities fifty 
Peswes. Let's now join Mark Jordan Sikanate of Data Bank for the latest updates on the stock market. Ben's oil palm plantation was a sogeno on the best last week, while Unilever Ghana, Cowbank PLC and New Gold emerged as the top three laggards. The price movement saw the GSE Composite Index shrink 0.18% week-on-week to 2,434.44 points. The bears also recorded a weekly turnover of 1.5 million Ghana cities from the sale of 693,769 shares. This week, we expect Ben's Warrior Palm Plantation and Total Energies to advance due to increased demand for these stocks. However, we tip Enterprise Group PLC to decline as supply for the stocks outstrips demand. That was Mark Jordan Scanate of Data Bank. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goyal Enterprise Life, your advantage access bank, more than banking, empowered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Michael Obudu. Thank you for listening. As always, please stay safe. Benjamin Nketiah. I can say you witnessed possibly the worst and the best game <laughs> this weekend. In two days. Yeah. Liverpool, Chelsea, absolutely atrocious. I'll take my 90 minutes back if I could. Charlie, man, you ask now, what a game. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's a proper football it, match. It's just evidence of ball don't lie, you know? Yeah. And it also tells you in three years things have changed. A lot. A lot changes in football in a short span of time. And Arsenal were a big proof of that. But in the headlines, Ghana's Black Galaxy is to find out their fate today in the ongoing Chan tournament. Arsenal extend lead at the top of the EPL table after beating Manchester United. And in the NBA, there were wins for the Lakers, the Thunder, and also the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's start off with the MTN FA Cup round of 32. And MTN FA Cup holders Accra Hearts of Oak have been eliminated from the competition following a 1-0 um, defeat to Dreams FC at the round of 32 stage. Ejenim Boateng scored the only goal of the match at the Accra Sports Stadium as Samuel Inko missed the late penalty for the Phobians. Hearts of Oak head coach Slavko Matic was disappointed with their exit. We are masters to create drama. You saw first half, we give gift again. Gift. After that, we start good game. You can see, I see dreams make a lot of pressure now for referees, but first half, we, I, I'm sure, was penalty also for us. The second was 100%. After the chance, what we have, we give gift. You will see very, very easy uh, balls. Exactly what I said before game. If we give them opportunity, they are very dangerous, they will lose. Uh, on the end, you saw second half, we create a lot of chance. We have chances after free kicks, after crosses. We didn't score and we deserve this penalty, but it was hard luck. We didn't score and we lose the game today. Slavko Matic is head coach of Accra Hearts of Folk. Now, Dreams FC head coach Abdul Karim Zito expressed delight at eliminating Hearts of Folk from the FA Cup. Well, I'm very happy today. I'm very happy. It's not only Hearts of Folk. All the matches I played here, the best result for me was draw. Uh, we even... In, on one occasion, we were leading by three goals, and they equalized all. As a folk during the league, two goals, they equalized all. So, I, as I said from the beginning, it's a phobia around us. And I told you from the beginning, the, everything has a first day. And today, we are coming with another attitude to, to break these chains, and I'm, I'm very, very happy. 
Abdul Karim Zito is head coach of Dreams FC Football Club. Elsewhere, goals from Justice Blay and Maxwell Ajuman help Kumasi Asante Kotoko defeat Division 2 side Benab FC by two goals to one at the Babayara Stadium in Kumasi. Kotoko's head coach said Zebo bemoaned the performance of his team after a difficult win. They have about six players who are not effective in their main positions. And you have to make changes. You have to amend positions for, 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 for us to, to raise the team to play the match. Though they were training with the team, but uh, that is it. A lot of uh, injuries had made the team uh, performance of the team. Seydou Zebo is head coach of Kumase Asante Kotoko in other MTNFA Cup results involving Premier League clubs RTU 4, Wasunta 1, Wamanafo Mighty Royal 0 in Swatraman 1, Bofakwatano 2, Adriana Stars 3, Samatex 1, Nations FC 0, Bibiani Gold Stars 1, uh, Kimfeza 4, Kotoku Royals 1 in Zima Kotoko 0, and Sky FC 2, Karela United 0, Legon Cities 1, 4, 3 on penalties against Accra Great Olympics after a goalless draw. So that's how the MTN FA Cup broke down. Let's get to um, some uh, Chan-related news and communications director of the Ghana Football Association, Henry Asantichum, says the Black Galaxies have the quality to go all the way in the ongoing competition. Ghana lost 2-1 to Madagascar in their first match before winning 3-1 against Sudan. Now speaking on the Black Galaxy strength, Asantichum expressed confidence in Anna Walker's team. There are expectations. We, we think we've got top top quality materials in the team maybe the teamwork and the cohesion hasn't um, been, been that good so far but I, I am sure they will grow into the competition they will grow into the tournament Danla Ibrahim to Augustine Japan to um, you know Konedu um, um, uh, Afriye Banye uh, you know Isombila um, and all the uh, um, we, we, we have lots of confidence in the team um, unfortunately, you know, and when when you lose a football match, a plethora of reasons are ascribed to your defeat. Yeah. Um, when we lost to Madagascar, some said, "Oh, our league is poor. Uh, we don't have good players. Our coaches are poor, um, and 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 so forth and so on." But we kept our calm. We continued to encourage the team. We told them it was still possible. Uh, possible. We we want to go as far as possible. So you had GFA Communications Director Henry Asante Chum. He was speaking to Star FM in that interview. Let's get to some other Chan results. Senegal 3, DR Congo 0, Uganda 1, Cote d'Ivoire 3. Senegal and Ivory Coast have joined Algeria, Mozambique uh, in the next round of the competition. Now, Chan fixtures today. You have Sudan versus Madagascar. And then the picture will be clearer on exactly what will happen with Ghana's Black Galaxies. Let's move on and let's catch up with the English Premier League. Let's catch up with the results and Arsenal Football Club were the cream of the crop when they beat Manchester United by three goals to two at the Emirates. Bukayo Saka uh, was on target and Edin Ketia also grabbed a brace as well. Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta believes the team won the match as he praised the impact of Edin Ketia. I think the game was very high level uh, from both teams. He had moments. Um, we reacted really well to difficult moments. I think we were Really mature and emotionally really controlled, and and especially in the second half we dominated the game, and I think we deserve to win the game. 
One of the first things you did as coach was recall Nketiah from his loan period in uh, at Leeds United. Bielsa was loving him and how he rewarded you today. Did you always see this would come from him? I hope. Uh, I have huge belief in him. Um, I really like the person. I like his hunger, his determination, and, and his qualities that, in my opinion, are great for our team. And uh, he's showing that every single day. Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta, he says that the better team won on the day. Man United manager Eric Ten Hag insists that his team will have to learn from the defeat. It was a great game, both sides, a uh, lot of tempo in, and then we concede the goal so late in the game. Can't, it's obvious, but still you have to defend them better. And uh, we make mistakes, and, and it's like a pack of cards, and it's a situation it's to avoid same as the first two goals and uh, when you start the game and you come up and you are in the game and then it was too easy to give that 1-1 uh, away and uh, when you are in the game you know when you are longer 1-0 up and then spaces will come and you have to realize that and so we have to learn uh, if you want to go, uh, uh, go a big team and you have to learn the lessons Man United manager Eric Ten Hag speaking there away from that Ellen Holland. He scored a hat-trick against Wolverhampton Wanderers as Man City ran route 3-0 winners. Now the goals take Haaland's Premier League total for the season to 25 in just 19 appearances. And Pep Guardiola was full of praise for the Norwegian striker. When we lost the Community Shield, uh, everyone was absolutely convinced that he could not adapt to the Premier League after when he scored I don't know how many hat tricks and games he's got when two games don't score you are in trouble or thinking he's in trouble so put it in perspective a little bit everything and sometimes score goals sometimes don't but uh, the relation with the goal always will be there the relation with the mates is fantastic and he sounds really good he's happy and what else? So he did his job perfectly, because it's not the score goals, how he ran, how he helps. Today we link, but the space was there quite often with him. So, yeah, that's good. So you had Pep Guardiola full of praise for Ellen Haaland there today. There's a game between Fulham and Tottenham Hotspur uh, to round off the game week. So that should be an interesting one. Let's finish off with some basketball from the NBA. And let's catch up with scores from the games that were played last night. The Lakers overcame a 26-point deficit at halftime to beat the Portland Trailblazers 121-112. And without Kevin Durant, the Brooklyn Nets were still good enough to beat the Warriors 120-116 on the road. The OKC Thunder recorded a single possession victory over the Denver Nuggets 101 to 99 is how that game ended that's all for this morning's edition of kickoff my name is Benjamin Inketia kickoff was brought to us by Lecejo the small sports on citysportsonline.com this is the city breakfast show the city's biggest conversation I'm up here in the studio yeah yeah Jamaica Senegal wow. where you at why Clef
731 City Breakfast Show, Monday the 23rd. And uh, a, a happy uh, birthday to Mr. Emmanuel Tufwati. 70 years old over the weekend. A really, really good man. So we, we call him. is my uncle happy birthday to you sir enjoy the best of the season you don't want to go here my place is to Gideon and Belinda so Gideon Boakun got married to his sweetheart uh, Belinda over the weekend so those of you have been asking where is Gideon Boakun he's not talking on air he was talking about other issues there are more important (laughs) issues than just no, his mouth is occupied. Politics. <laughs> <laughs> but so, of which, congratulations to Fento. Uh, yeah, I was coming to that as well. Yeah, Gideon, Gideon. I was coming to that as well. So, oh, big man. Gideon and Belinda got married over the weekend. Uh-huh. Gideon Boakun is the spokesperson for the vice president. Yes. Congratulations yes. to you, Gideon, and to your lovely wife Belinda. Mm-hmm. Fento, Tahiru Fento got married to his sweetheart as well over the weekend. That was on Friday. Tahiru. So Fento, and uh, I forget the name of the lady though. Uh, forgive me if I, if I don't remember the name. What's the name, please? My name is Siniba. Siniba, congratulations to you as well. Beautiful, she goes to my church. Yes, and I also want to congratulate. Congratulations, Frenchu. Frenchu, they look, they look amazing. They're happy, and yeah. she's a wonderful young woman. And yeah. now he's, we've adopted him in the Catholic faith. But he told me his grandparents are Catholic, actually, so mm. it's not too far a stretch. So I also want to wish a happy Sith birthday. To Baba. Uh, not sure if your surname is Alidu or Nasa. You know the way these things work. I'm not very sure. Baba, you are six years old today. I think it was yesterday. Actually, yesterday was your birthday, Baba. And dad and mom and your brother, your little sister, all wishing you a happy birthday, Baba Khalid Alidu Napari. 
a call run sad. Yeah. Oh man. Six is when you come into full realization <laughs> that you have rights. <laughs> and that you don't feel like bad thing and you don't want to go to school. <laughs> Six is the year of reckoning. Coming from dad and mom. Happy birthday to you, Baba. Yeah, we couldn't join yesterday for your your, your thing, but we'll retaliate. Alright, so there's a couple more coming in. Kokui has a few. Yes, I've got one for my dear, dear friend, Selena Beb. Yesterday was her birthday. Nice um, happy birthday, Selena. You know, she's an awesome, awesome person. She's yeah. a fantastic entrepreneur, yeah. um, accessories designer, clothing. Nice she's, Selena's fantastic, and yesterday was her birthday. So She's one, birthday. one of our awards in the past. Yeah, accessories. She designs nice accessories, bags, and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Selena Bebaku Mensa. That's right. Selena Baku Selena Baku Selena Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one um says um kindly wish a belated happy birthday to my sweetest um uh, Ivy Do Bako. She's a nurse at the Catholic Hospital in Bato. Mm. My wish for her is to stay happy and cheerful as always. All right. And this is coming in from her sweetheart, Benjamin. Mm. Oh. All right. Well, this year's Enterprise Motor Insurance promo is happening on a larger scale simply by renewing your motor insurance with Enterprise and win instant gifts such as fuel coupons, branded gift items, and qualify for the monthly raffle draw with amazing rewards. Now, when you buy your motor insurance from Enterprise, you could win an iPhone 14. I've even lost count of the iPhone numbers now. Oh. Yeah, 15 Pro. I'll be telling you about that okay. at 8 o'clock. So, you could win, you could win yes. an iPhone 14, mm. washing machine, high-pressure car washer, nice. vacuum cleaner, Auto tie inflator. Do you know what that is? Yes. <laughs> and in the final month, you can win a premium crotch rocket motorbike. Mm. Now, call your insurance broker or agent or visiting enterprise branch for your motor insurance. Get free fuel coupons and be the possible winner of these amazing rewards. Raffle is on from January to June. Promo regulated by National Lottery Authority on the Caritas Lottery Platform. And January is a very, very long month, but Zenith Banks got your back. Be part of Zenith Banks MasterCard more for more promo now. Spend a thousand cities or more online or on the web or via POS using any of our MasterCard debit cards and be rewarded with fuel coupons, shipping vouchers, and up to 20,000 city cash at the end of January 2023. Shop and pay while using a Zenith MasterCard debit card. And be more rewarded with cool cash to shop again in the Zenith more for more promo. Promo ends on 31st January 2023. Two issues on my mind this morning. Um, oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. One second. Yeah. Somebody. Just, yes. Uh, to Justice Covey. All right. Uh, he's a porter at the University of Ghana. Oh, he's a porter? Yeah. He listens to the city CBS. So. Hey, do they still have porter's lodges? Yes, they do. Porter's lodges. Yeah, so, Justice Covey, good mm. morning to you. All right. That's... Uh, Come on, though. No, uh, he's with uh, Valkos. Okay. Yes. Oh, your second visit, you went to uh, Valkos. Okay. Yes. Right. 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 
I'm, I'm always wondering if I had a chance to go back to university, what I would change. But that's a different topic for a different day. <laughs> that's a different topic for a different day. But, but I, I will certainly keep Legon Hall. Yeah, that one I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade it for anything. That Nobody's one. trading anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trading commerce. No, 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 no. Even in this current state. No, 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 no. But I, I just think there's a lot happening in the educational space. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I heard. I listened to the education minister. Yeah. Uh, at the New Year's school. Yeah. And quite a few people were happy with him. Why? Um. They feel. Um. He's in a position to solve problems that he's constantly raising, mm. you know, and they want to hear a lot more. In did he, did he raise more problems when he, he spoke? Like, did he sort of, because I know he's yeah. talking about like the STEM schools. He's yes. actually implementing, implementing them. I think yes. the placements have been opened. Yeah, he's very focused on STEM and he seems to be working on that. Yeah, but quite a few. He's sort of chosen, I think he's chosen what he wants to do and decide that there are some things he can't do. Okay, yeah. but, but there, are, there, there are those who are worried about the imbalance, and for a lot of them, there's a significant imbalance. If mm-hmm. you, um, Africa Education Watch issued a report, um, Kofiasari on Friday, and if you look at the numbers, for instance, mm-hmm. Kofiasari, according to Kofiasari's numbers, and having confirmed this, um, mm-hmm. independently, so mm-hmm. that's why I'm attributing it to him, mm-hmm. and he's normally reliable. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm going mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. his numbers. He's saying at the moment, we are spending three times as much as we do on senior high school than we are on basic education, mm-hmm. and basic education at the moment is rotten. Suffering. Basically, there is nothing happening yeah. at basic education. If the foundation isn't right, how is, you the, mean how is the basic next level going to public education? Basic public yes. education. And we, last week we were just having a conversation about if basic public education was being done properly, we would not have as much problem with even school fees as we're so having. So, is the yeah. issue the lack of money or the quality? What, what's the problem with basic education? Both. We, there is the, because the issue of money affects the quality. So they don't they, have they infrastructure. Are, are not, okay. The textbooks are not been, and this had to do. This was in line with. This was in response to the vice president's promise of a mm. tablet mm-hmm. for senior high school oh, students. And he's like, if there is money for that, why is it that there are thirty thousand children who basically don't have the basics? Yep, and we in, still in, have over five thousand. You know, I mean, and all that. just basic things. And then, of course, there's also been the disciplinary <laughs> issues. I think we just the Krobia Asante Technical Institute one and. Um, it's becoming a recurring theme. Mm-hmm. So, so people, are people, are you saying that on, in relation to the Minister of Education, people feel there are some things he ought to focus more on, but he's sort of doing more fanciful things. Uh, yeah, and, okay. and, and in line with yes. that, you know, for already existing institutions that are crying desperately for help, if you say you're focusing on STEM, for instance, I'm going to go back to the report, the CNR report we did recently about the Islamic Science SHS, which is the only Science-focused SHS serving the northern region. The only one. What happened? If you see the state of that school, Bernard, the school, the dormitories are woefully inadequate. Mm -hmm. Um, When when the students, especially the female students, were interviewed, they talked about the fact that there's only like one bathroom for how I think there's about three thousand six hundred students in the boarding. Oh yes, three thousand. Yes, and it's only made to accommodate a few hundred. Because when I was in school, from SS3 were four hundred. Those who are ahead of us were like 300. Yeah. And, and the school facilities haven't really improved. Oh, no, no, not at all. You know, because of free SHS, the intake has, mm. you know, increased exponentially, but they haven't been able to keep up with the infrastructure. And, and this is a school that was converted to a boarding school without the, uh, the corresponding boarding facilities to yeah. make up for the numbers. They don't have anything 
like a science lab to speak of. Um, when you see the lab that they mm. call it, they said when it comes to exams and things of that nature, they sometimes have to rent from other institutions just to get through those things. But in, in all of that, the headmaster, the PTA chairman said that they still are able to do well in their WASI. And if you go to any health facility in the northern region, chances are you will find graduates of that institution. Oh, but the school again. It's the Islamic, Islamic Senior High School in, 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 in Tam- well, Tamale. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not as if it's a remote or Sanarubu rural school. Mm. This is a school in an urban area, but and there are over three thousand students in the was that the school that people were eating on the floor. Yes, they, didn't have they don't have a dining hall. They don't. Ha- yes, yes, they don't. Ha- they don't have enough bathroom facility. They go- you should see so, the dormitories. So if you, you consult the data of Kofi Asari, is this an outlier? Or are there a few more schools like there this? Are, but we have schools like this featured every day. And see, the the, 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 the problem is, paragraph. yeah, the, the problem is, like you're saying, mm-hmm. you, you've got a minister who, yes, fine, you want to focus on STEM, that's great, you're building fancy new schools. What about the already existing ones that need help, that already have thousands of students well beyond their capacity that are not getting the needed attention, such that CNR has to do a report and hopefully get someone to step in. Now, after that CNR report, there was an NGO that got in touch saying mm-hmm. they wanted to help um, the PTA at the school as you know you know, you know there's been this back and forth yeah. about whether or not PTAs can function well they have said the parents have said they will do what they can as well so they mm. are trying to help mm. um but it, it it just it laid bare the inadequacies in the system mm-hmm. and the fact that in a lot of regard in the yes yes we did and he's doing his best well, and, and think, old students yeah. actually also called in and, and sent messages saying I, I want to add a question, that's the I, I a question for both of you since both of you have been studying this quite extensively I know you focused on this on the TV last week yeah. Do you think there's a relationship between the way the schools are poorly resourced and the rising in discipline? Because I'm just going through, like mm-hmm. I'm going online, I'm reading stories about indiscipline. So just for the past three months, uh, SHS students in Sandema burned down portions of school, importers of seized mobile phone. Mm. Um, Wulugu SHS shut down over student riot. Um of course, the latest being the Crobe Asante Technical and Vocational School students picked up for vandalism. And then we are told SHS students in Upper East Region outline measures to end student riots. Mm. Mm. Now, if the, if the schools are getting overcrowded, if the facilities are not enough, if the teachers are overwhelmed, they don't have enough mm-hmm. like teacher accommodation facilities on campus. I mean, 3,000 is a lot. I, I remember, I mean, 3,000 is a lot. More than a lot of people. And I'm thinking of Presec where I went to. Right, my when I was in form one, we were 400. The guys, JB's group, were like 350. Mm-hmm. So the whole school was like thousand, right? And now you have 3,000 students more, yeah. And I don't know if the like the typical school, the teacher accommodation has increased, mm-hmm. whether they have mm-hmm. more teachers. They didn't even have a pro- the the place is just exposed. It's now that through their efforts they're trying to build a wall to protect the school because the tables and chairs that are missing from the dining hall most were stolen because people could just walk yeah, in and take it. Three thousand students. Mm. It's a lot Plus, of, like I'm trying to think of three thousand. It's a lot of people. Then I think about this though. In our own households, yeah. with four children, oh, five Lord, children, look Lord, at what you go oh, through. God. Imagine teenagers cooped yeah. up in a, an enclosed hot. Uh, uh, yeah. To even call it a dormitory, a yeah. sleeping area, yeah. having to sit on the floor to eat their food, having inadequate supplies to even ju- just just go yeah, and learn. Guys, Do you understand? Guys, like, look at this way. So I, I want to push back a bit on you guys. So you're saying mm-hmm. two things, which I feel you have to reconcile. On one hand, you're saying government seems to be spending too much on secondary education to the detriment of basic education. I'm not the one saying it. No, I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I'm trying to. Watch. I'm trying to sort of tie this together. So. 
Africa Education Watch is saying that government is spending more on SHS to neglect of basic education. And that is not good because you need to start from the basics. Yet, we are also saying that some secondary schools are so poorly resourced and the numbers are so large because of free SHS that it's possibly leading to indiscipline and lack of control. So is that not why government should spend more on secondary schools? Let me, give you, let me okay. tell you this. So I'm, I'm reading the documents now. Mm. So it says that in, uh, in 2023... Mm-hmm. Government increased free senior high school budget by about 30%. Mm-hmm. But this does not cover tablets, which may cost another billion. On the mm-hmm. flip side, primary... Sorry, repeat that, repeat that. Uh, read that thing right again. I, didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I want to write it, so see it again. <laughs> it's saying what? It says government has already provided textbooks. I'm reading portions. Mm-hmm. Government has already provided textbooks, iBooks, etc. in senior high schools, mm-hmm. making the need for tablets complementary rather than urgent, albeit relevant. Mm-hmm. In 2023, government increased the free senior high school budget by about 30%, but this does not cover tablets, which may cost another billion. I don't, I don't know where these numbers are coming from. Mm-hmm. It says, on the flip side, though, primary schools still do not have all textbooks. Contrary mm-hmm. to the government's promise, less than 30% were supplied last year due to financial issues. And we are in... Less than 30%? Yes. And we are in year four of a new curriculum. There are schools in Krachi and Chumuru without a single textbook. Also, less than 15% of the basic school capitation grant required for this academic year was budgeted. This is because the free basic education budget was cut by 40%. Even as education share of the national budget declined by a two-decade low of 12.9% due to Ghana's debt crisis. So, what are we trying to do? <laughs> is it that because free uh, basic education is not a political promise? It can, it can, so, you it can so it says... For instance, senior high school students are already enjoying free exercise books, mm-hmm. notebooks, calculators, mm-hmm. PE kits, mm-hmm. school uniforms, school cloth. All this free? Yes. For senior are, high school? Yes. Which are all good, but not available in basic schools. Ah. In 2015, Ghana cancelled free exercise books in basic schools and reintroduced the same in senior high schools in 2017. Robin Peter to pay for. Mm. Yes. Now... Uh, mm-hmm. So you see, yeah. these are some of the issues that I'm, I was raising mm-hmm. with the sector. Now, even if you come to the senior high school level as well, there's a significant lack of infrastructure. Mm-hmm. They'll tell exactly. you that we are doing A, B, C, D. But that is what is also leading to some of the problems with some of the somewhere. some of the problems that have happened. But I just feel that there are linkages. Mm-hmm. I want to, I, I, I feel there's a certain lack of engagement as well with the student bodies. So we've had demonstrations based on food. Right. Um, the students uh, not liking. Uh, and most of the time, if you realize, well, you've been in senior high school before, and um, a lot of our listeners have been in senior high school before. Sometimes, some of these demonstrations, the things that trigger them are just, they are the ones that are readily available, but there will be underlining factors. Right. Students don't like the like fact that they don't have school, uh, proper classrooms. Mm-hmm. Maybe things are not coming. They don't have infrastructure. They're just frustrated. So they, it just shows up that one day, oh, the food doesn't taste the way we thought it should taste. Then boom, boom. we go. We have a demonstration. Which is why I actually think, to be honest, and I'm not saying it's right for students to go overboard, but I'm actually surprised there aren't more protests from some of the schools. Because if you see the conditions in which the children so live or are being educated, you'll be, you'll be shocked. The point you guys are making. On one hand, based on the evidence you're putting out, basic schools have been neglected. Textbooks are not being given. Um, the capitation grant has been reduced. There isn't enough resource for basic schools. Yet, SHS budget has gone up. But it's still not enough. 
the, and, the bottom and, line is we can't seeing, afford. We're seeing over. Sorry, sorry, for, forgive me. We're, we're, I'm sorry, I, I was saying that. Two, you're, you're saying a couple of things that on the first, on one hand, basic education is receiving less resources. Uh, less than 30% of textbooks were supplied. Uh, less than 15% of basic capitation grant was given. And basically the, the budget for basic education is being slashed. But the budget for SHS is going up. Presumably because it's a political promise. Mm-hmm. So it's not being backed by any serious policy in relation to whether we feel basic education is doing well enough, therefore we should focus on secondary education. It's because we've promised free SHS and we'll do it no matter what the cost. Even if the cost means destroying basic education. Okay. Then you even but in spite of this, you still have a lot of secondary schools under resourced. Yes. Like the Islamic secondary school in Sagnerigo, which we just spoke about, which you focused on. You did how many days on this? Two days or so. It, it was one. Yeah, I also did yeah. a full day on this. Mm-hmm. And I'm told there's some development that I would, would announce mm-hmm. shortly. Mm-hmm. But also there is growing in discipline in secondary schools to the extent that last week the Ghana Education Service proposed to set up something they call a Dean of Disciplinary Affairs hey. in SHS. Yes. To do what? I'll, I'll get a story for you. <laughs> so they, they wanted to... Yeah, they, they were saying that the, they were going to uh, appoint a Dean of Disciplinary Affairs Mm-hmm. To help instill discipline in secondary schools. How are they going to instill the discipline? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to read the story. How, for you. No, but you see, first of all, that would that would presuppose that they have identified what the problems are, and the problem is that A, B, C, D is what is required, including an office like this, and this office will be able to deal with the matter. Or this is just a fast track court. That's no, they are setting up. The Ministry of Education says it will appoint Dean of Disciplinary Affairs who will be in charge of disciplinary issues in the various secondary schools, senior high schools, and te- public teaching institutions. According to the Ministry, <clears throat> the misconduct of students that attract sanctions will be directed to the Dean of Disciplinary Affairs. This comes on the back of issues of the eight female students of Chiana High School who were dismissed for making derogatory comments against the President in a viral video. The President intervened, da 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 da. So, City News, <clears throat> PR Officer of the Education Ministry, Kwesi Kwatin, said the guidance and counseling unit in schools will work together with the Dean of Disciplinary Affairs. Mm-hmm. Quote, recently the minister hinted of Dean of Disciplinary Affairs to augment the work. Just as we have institutions responsible mm-hmm. for ensuring discipline, we still have persons who will go against accepted cultural values. Work with the guidance and counseling unit to make sure disciplines in our school. Why, why not str- just strengthen the guidance and counseling units, that's, one? That's because you want to do something and brand it. <laughs> yeah, so why not just, you, you see, you don't need somebody above the, gu- or with the guidance and counseling units. Strengthen the guidance and counseling units. And again, you see, we are all products of this system, Bernard. Okay. You want to, don't even go there. Mm. I think the question you should first ask is that, what have they established as the cost mm. of the growth in discipline? Mm-hmm. What study have they done to show that over the past three years, there's been X percent of increase in incidents, mm-hmm. 20% caused by food, 10% caused by mosquitoes, 10% caused by whatever. And then the reason that is happening is that in X percent of the schools, we didn't have enough teachers on duty. And for which reason we are good. Do you understand? Yeah. All you get up is to announce the dean of disciplinary affairs, and which, is, which is a problem. So what you find is that there is a disconnect between the solution and the issue. So you are, you are, you, or I, even if there is a connection, 
we don't know if the connection is based on any proper reason. You see, and, and the reason, and in all this, I'm yet to hear of a concerted effort to engage the students. You see, mm-hmm. and that's the problem I have with the system. You see, you are treating 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. And the way our system works, in some schools, you would have 19, 20-year-olds. As if they are eight-year-olds. So there is no regular form of engagement. There is no proper representation where the students actually feel we have a voice. That is also an issue. But we forget that when it's getting close to elections, every politician campaigns in senior high school, even though it's not supposed to happen. Tell me you, you did not experience it when you were in Presec. Like, they didn't come. Now that they are doing it. Go for it. I want you to hold on. I want to sort of um, go back to the latest incident to see if we can work our way back. This morning, the first part of the show, we're talking about the disalignments or misalignments in education, the apparent growing spate of indiscipline in our secondary schools, and the poor quality of our basic education. Here's a report from the Crobier Senior High School over another round of indiscipline. Although the motive of the disturbances is not clear, authorities say it could be linked to the dissatisfaction the students expressed about the poor performance of their predecessors in their final examination. The rampaging students at about 1 a.m. on Sunday caused a power outage in the school and embarked on a protest amidst destroying key facilities and also attacking the residential apartment of the school's principal. The students during the protest also broke into the stores of the schools where food items are kept and scattered everything in the room. The coordinator of senior high schools in the Setra East District, Ebenezer Kwesi Opoku, confirmed the incident to City News. According to sources left from the school principal and then staff on campus, Around 12, 1 a.m., the demonstration began. They started off by cutting off electricity on campus and then attacking vehicles and any properties they could lay their hands on. And so official vehicles, four of them, Nizam Patrol, is usually pick up uh, official vehicle for the principal, another pickup, and then the school bus making four. Uh, aside of these four, they also uh, vandalized two vehicles belonging to staff of the school. One filter vest belonging to the senior mistress, and then another private car belonging to another staff on campus. Apart from the vehicles, they attacked the head, the principal's um, official residence, and so air conditioning. Uh, they tried to enter the the, the um, facility, but because of the durability uh, of the Chinese doors, they could not penetrate. So they just there's some scratches here and there. You find stones on, on, on the various structures. They had prepared their um, drums and then uh, keyboard or let's say their organ for today's um, service. And so at the assembly hall, and they were able to break into the hall and destroy. In fact, they dismantle everything they intend, in terms of the drums and then the keyboard. So you find fragments of the uh, gadget outside, uh, tables and chairs were turned upside down, 
and then also the stores of the school where they have their food stuffs and uniforms uh, for distribution. In fact, they had received some food stuffs. So you find flour spread on, on at the at the compound of the school. You find rice. You find sugar. Uh, beans, gary. In fact, when you enter the stores, they they had just torn the the bags of all the the bags of the rice and any other um, in there. He added that the forty students are being held by the police for questioning. City News has learned that the Ashanti Regional Director of the Ghana Education Service and other authorities have been to the school and the student population has been asked to go home. So that was uh, Hafiz Tijani's report, giving more uh, clarity to the situation in the Tunebo uh, Akudia Senior School. And as we said, this has happened in a number of schools we're, we're putting the various incidents together, and um, it, it seems to be a growing spate of indiscipline in schools, and um, we don't know the cause. I, I just feel there's some missing link, something we are not getting right, whether we haven't studied it properly. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether there's uh, some committee that can sit and review mm. the act. But for me, you need to glean the inside. What's happening? That's yeah, what's, what's going on? on. What's going on? Then you can use that to... Yeah, so um, just circle back to sort of wrap up this part. The good news, though, is that following the show you did, um, was it Monday or Tuesday? It was It was either Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, you spoke, spent the, the whole day on the Islamic high school. Yeah. And I think the pictures were very, very sad very. to see future leaders sitting, eating on the floor. City TV through the City Foundation is intervening, so we're going to renovate the dining hall. And some of the facilities in the wonderful, school, wonderful. and you know we've done this before. Yeah. We've built we built a center for uh, Basco, so we have the um, the small track record in that. So having spoken to school management and some alumni and other stakeholders, City TV through the City Foundation is going to review that. A lot of times people say, "Oh, to rebuild to rebuild the the dining." A lot of people say, "Are you poor? You just highlight stories. What's your job?" The truth is that we are supposed to show what is going on, but certain times we feel you can jump in and intervene, and this is one of the occasions. The school is at Sagnerigu, mm-hmm. and the dining hall will be renovated through the support of City Foundation. Fantastic. So that is not the solution to all the problems in the world, but it's mm-hmm. picking one. You know, I was listening to something this morning. Um, the person was saying that, love the people you work with. And the guy said, well, that's fine. If I'm working with 12 people, that's fine. But what I'm working with 1,200. Mm-hmm or 12,000, and then he says, what you do for one, you do for the rest. So even if you can't spend equal time with all the 12,000, spending quality time with even the first 12, in a way, so you cannot, we cannot, as a radio station or TV station, um, decide to intervene in every situation we report on. But there are certain times that you pick a story, you look at the way it is, you said, this is terrible, this does not have to continue happening. And then you want to deal with that. So the City Foundation has started making moves to renovate the dining hall of the Islamic Senior High School at Sagnarigu. Islamic Senior High School at Sagnarigu. So that's by way of information for you on this. Still on the secondary school issue, Prospectus Ghana has introduced a new short code. A star 447 star 899 hash. This is to help parents and guardians make installment payments towards items required for the award school admissions. 
Use it. It's safe and convenient. Now, Prospectus Ghana provides a one-stop shop for all school items and a supplier of good quality brand chalk white A4 sheets for all your printing jobs. Now, we're on the graphic road opposite Toyota Ghana. Call us on 0500-600-607. Prospectus Ghana, your one-stop shop for all school items and stationery. Social media trends is next brought to you by Vodafone. The cookie, if I help me. Help me, help me here. Our friends at Vodafone have the one Ghana promo. With just one Ghana CD, you can have 20 minutes of talk time to all other networks and one gigabyte of data every day between 5 a.m. and 11.59 a.m. Just dial star 530 hash to subscribe. Vodafone, further together. It's also brought to you by Cal Bank. Now you can access our short code service, star 771 hash. Also use CalNet and the Cal Bank app. When you reactivate your Cal Bank account between now and the end of the month, it's so, so easy. So just contact us, 0800-500-500 on WhatsApp, on social media platforms. We're there as well. CalBank, forward together. All right, so to, today's edition of the Trends Girlfriend will bring that to us. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, I, as always, I'll start with my Twitter trends in Ghana. Uh, hmm. Why? Why? Why is Arsenal and Manchester United trending? Why shouldn't it trend? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there are bigger issues to the, deal that with. That is the big issue in sports right now. <laughs> Arsenal 3, Manchester United 2. Well, also trending at number 6. Arsenal at, 3, uh, Manchester United 2. I refuse to look at this. <laughs> Hashtag uh, MPP Grand Cover Theft is also trending. Uh, of course, because of the Auditor General's report mm. on the COVID funding, that's something that we'll look at um, later on. But outside of that, Bernard, mm-hmm. it's all football. Mm-hmm. But that's just Twitter, right? Yes, that's just there are other things happening other... which are not football. No, no, certainly, and uh, quite a few layoffs. You know, there are uh, a few things happening in the tech industry. Yeah. In fact, uh, Maximus Ametogo was speaking about this in some news bulletins on Friday. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, uh, it's not, it's not a good time if you work in tech. Mm-hmm. A lot of layoffs. Uh, Google is laying off. Amazon laying off. And the big one that is coming today is that Spotify. Wow. It's also going to lay off workers this week. Why? Uh, as, uh, you know, so according to um, the story that I am, I have at the moment, uh, basically, they haven't uh, specified the number of people that they are laying off. But again, they feel the current economic climate uh, is not helping oh. uh, them. Yeah. Companies will sacrifice anything, including yeah. human beings, mm-hmm. yeah. just to keep making money. Yeah, it's terrible. Mm. Yeah, so um, and it will shock you that once they lay people off, their stock price will rise. Mm-hmm. Like the logic of Wall Street is just yeah. evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like how many people of eighteen thousand? Okay, <laughs> let's increase their share price. You are doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's like what? Wh- I mean, how does that even make sense? But hey, this is the way the world works. Yeah. Well, one that we are aware of, or those that we are aware of, of course, uh, Amazon, uh, Google laid off. Microsoft, so Amazon is Amazon. laying off eighteen. Yes. Like they yeah. can fill a whole stadium. Hmm. Now a bit of detail on the, on the departments that these people were working in, mm-hmm. because they are Ghanaians affected. You know, mm-hmm. these are global entities, yes. so it's not like uh, these are things that affect just people in Europe or America. Yeah, yeah. there are a lot of Ghanaians who work with Google. There are a lot of Ghanaians who work with Amazon. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of Ghanaians who work with Microsoft mm-hmm. as well. So these layoffs, it's a global problem. Yeah. Okay, and. They said that some of the departments that have been affected, uh, people who are working in the drones, uh, 
uh, for instance, mm-hmm. drone deliveries at Amazon, they are heavily affected by this. Alexa, mm-hmm. uh, staff have also mm-hmm. uh, been, you know, uh, affected. affected. And they also looked at salaries. So some of the managers who are earning between $500,000 a year to a million dollars a year also affected. Well, if you give me that, me I'll go home. <laughs> give me five hundred thousand dollars a year and say I lost you, go home. Oh, I'll go. <laughs> yeah. So those are some of the things yeah. that uh, have come up. Uh, and then just the last one uh, that I want to tell you about, uh, Bernard, the new so hmm, iPhone 15 Pro. Which one are you using? <coughs> I'm told my iPhone is like 10 or something. Is that an iPhone 10? I don't know. It's like X. X, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, X is the 10. Yeah, is that, so that's what I have. And it's worked for me for the past three years. Uh, and okay. to decide to block it. You know, usually when they realize that the guy is not spending money on the phone, <laughs> then they'll say the phone is bought. Well, uh, my phone is good. Please don't hack it. You know, as usual, before, they, they, they drop leaks. Yes. So, leaks about an iPhone 15 Pro model uh, that any. will have a titanium frame yeah, instead know. of mm. a stainless yeah, steel frame. Oh. <laughs> mm. What is that? Now, are flowing. Now, for you know, really? a new rumor for a country where your your average income is so low, it's amazing how how much people spend on useless things. <laughs> oh, no, I'm talking about like what's the difference oh. between so what's the difference between no like let's be very frank what's the difference between <laughs> what you have with whatever titanium versus gold. <laughs> yeah, titanium was income. Like the one I'm holding is the X. It's okay. It's uh-huh. a good phone. You will find university students yes. getting Definitely. money to buy these useless additions. Bernard, instead of going to acquire a skill, <laughs> like if I had that money, go and learn how to code or type or something or <laughs> drive, you wouldn't do it too. Go and do waiter or get. You, you know, well, like, one of my players. One, so one of the reasons. One of the reasons this, this device can help you code. No. One and the, do all kinds of we, creative we spe- and tech we spend, things. We spend too much money on accessories which don't add any value to our lives. I can agree. And we are, and you know the funny thing, we don't produce anything globally. We are sitting here as global consumers, and we are poor. We are doing tax exchange. We don't have any money. We don't spend money on things that matter. Yeah, on social media. Sky. Let me drop my. I lost. Let me drop my. I'm going to buy the iPhone. iPhone 50. What? Let me drop my rumor on the iPhone. I shouldn't drop the rumor on the iPhone. We don't want to hear anything. We don't want to hear anything. Let me finish. We will use our time to promote something. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Right, don't forget, Effective Living Series, we are in our fourth uh, week. This week we are talking about financial foundations for the year. My guest is Charles Mensah. And we'll be talking about how to get out of debt. Yeah, so the topics this week are finance focused. Tomorrow we'll be talking to Doris Ahiati on how to take charge of your, your financial planning and all of those nice, nice things. We'll talk about insurance on Wednesday and then on Thursday. We answered a big question. So where do you invest your money now in the face of all the confusion? So that's uh, for this week's Finance Focus. Charles Mensah is my guest for the morning. It's at 9 o'clock. Now, it's brought to you, obviously, by um, Hallmark Freight and Logistics and Enterprise Insurance. 
Now, I wanted to um, summarize the first part of what we are doing. So, the few things that I want to say, yes. like, the, a lot of times people do not see the relationship between bad government action or ga- bad government policy and what happens to them directly. Okay. So, here we are, all of us here pay an arm and a leg for basic education for our kids because we don't trust the public education system for basic schools. So, if you look at the amount the government says they are spending on educating a basic student for a year, I think some of us even spend more on a month on our child than what the government spends on a year on a child. So it's a sham. Let's just be honest. Because, I mean, all of us have opted out of the pub- public basic school system. And I won't say we are the wealthiest people in Ghana. We are not wealthy. We are okay. We are just you know, well-educated, and we feel our children deserve better. So we have to find a way of paying for their fees. All right? So there's a big conversation to be had about government mistakes in education. This fixation with free SHS, which is not statutory. The law makes free, compulsory, universal, basic education. So you can't leave that undone and then say, because I promised to give people free SHS, Everybody else can perish. This may not be the platform to get into the details. We are having discussions with the uh, uh, Parents Alliance, Alumni Alliance. We're going to have a conversation about that in the coming weeks on education and how to deal with these misalignments. And I just want to say that citizens must get interested. You see, try and understand what's going on so you can take an informed decision. Don't check out of the system mentally because some of the things the government is doing is simply not on. You, 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 you cannot be depriving basic schools of textbooks, depriving them of the basic essentials, and diverting money from other sources to free SHS just because it's a promise you made for an election. That's not the way to go. Policy must not be driven just by the need for votes. And I feel we need to come back to this point. Now, I want to move to health. Because again, each time we do Auditor General's report, and people start making references to the report. It's like, oh, these reports is the same thing. It's big. They are going to talk. Nothing's going to happen. I want to bring a local issue first. Because I like what you guys do on the TV. What you do is that you pick a local issue, a disassembly. You pick a, a road. You pick a school. And you, you focus on it before you broaden it. So you start from the particular and then you end on a general. All right. And I think that's the way to go. So I'm going to take you to last week. Last week, Zoe interviewed um, an officer in a health facility at a place called Zabzugu Tatali. Mm. This is very close to the Ghana-Togo border. And I just want you to listen to the conversation about the state of one hospital in Ghana where citizens are being treated. And then I'll come back to the general issues around how health allocations are done. So you can see the connection between what is happening at the national level and what's happening in your personal life? Virtually, there's nothing in the hospital. There was a new doctor coming. He went around the facilities and realized that nothing is there. So he just said, if things are not fixed, he's going back to prepare and come back. But until things are fixed, he wouldn't be able to come. And it's so worrying. Our administrator, he doesn't have an office to sit and work. And it's like the hospital is being run by the medical soup and the accountants. 
And from the look of things, the accountant has stayed in the facility for so long, and things are not getting right. Basic things are not there to work with. And um, the other main issue, like I said, the DEBA, we needed to know when was the last time self-insurance paid the hospital. Always, whatever issue we bring on board, a memo is submitted to the medical to, to approve and send to uh, the accountants for them to, you know, work on it. At the end of the day, what we hear is there is no money. How is this affecting your operations at the hospital? It's like the, the entire community have lost confidence in the hospital. There is low patronage in the facility as we speak. Because can you, you can imagine coming to the hospital and getting admitted and you would have to buy drugs, all the drugs requested by a prescriber from outside and even consumables. I'm talking about the basics, gloves, giving set, syringes and needles to work with, okay? And the hospital, uh, what do we call it? Tatali is the last district to Togo border. We do get referral cases from Togo and they come to the hospital. The hospital theater, there is no, uh, what do we call it? There is no anesthesia machine in the hospital theater. And can you imagine any, no sane doctor would do surgical operation, especially cesarean section, without anesthesia machine. So you can imagine the risk the hospital is taking on our DSS mothers and what have you. We don't have oxygen in the hospital. We don't have oxygen concentrator. We don't have autoclave. Autoclave is broken down. Uh, our generator that uh, we use in supporting the hospital when there's a blackout is broken down. Nothing is working. The MP, uh, Honorable Thomas Mbomba, recently came and commissioned an empty maternity block. And nothing in the work with. And yeah, yesterday we had a meeting and I told all my units, I told them even if I would have to be sacrificed to see the right things being done and to revamp the name of the hospital, I am ready. Did you hear that? So that was uh, an officer of a hospital in uh, Tatale speaking to Zoe Abubedu Ado. No anesthesia machine, no supplies, so when patients are brought in, they have to literally buy everything. And this is totally. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> one of the reasons why, if you watch our news on TV, we, we bring you these kinds of stories is that, you see, there's always the reality where the rubber meets the road and the rhetoric. So the rhetoric is, we have voted $2 billion into NHIS. NHIS is working. Hooray! We are building 200 hospitals across the country and healthcare will improve. Hooray! We are spending 6 million on free HHS. Hooray! The reality is you go to Islamic SHS, Danny Hall is not there. They don't have a voice. Listen to this guy talking to Zoe. This is not a proper hospital. It shouldn't even be, you shouldn't even allow people to be sent there. And it's probably the only hospital in the area. They are also Ghanaians. In Accra, where we live, Within cantonments, you can have eight hospitals in the same zone. A society that now makes healthcare a business 
which is only available to the rich. That society has failed. I do you want to tell me that those of us who live around Cantonment, Osu, Medina, Legon, we have, we are more human beings than a guy in Tatali. That a hosp, a whole hospital, serving communities including neighboring countries, doesn't even cannot even perform anesthesia. Imagine having to deliver a C-section without anesthesia. Like, how do you even have that? Okay, so if you say a doctor has to stay in Ghana and be posted, I have friends who are doctors and they say, Aloski, it's not that we are wicked though. Some of our mates, we, we, we did the same course, people are even smarter than, we get an offer from Harvard, they are heading sensitive units using the same knowledge they acquired here in Ghana. Then you say, I should go to Tatale, I'll go. But you, you even send me supplies. And because, and when the health guy talks, you transfer him out of victimization just to paper about the cracks for a government to look good. You can't do that. So why would they accept the postings? And for every Tatali hospital we have done, I'm sure there's a hospital in every district like this. This is, for me, this is unconscionable. All right? A, a society that only makes health available to those who can pay for it. You have a concentration of health facilities. Take the Ghana Demographic Health Survey. Bank of Ghana went to spend money on a hospital in Cantonment. We are not we don't need specialist hospitals. So, but we, we need perspectives here. So who is deciding which type of hospital to do where? State has hospitals. State institutions that you use government money make investment decisions to place... Yes, we need specialist hospitals. We need cancer hospitals. We need dialysis hospitals and all these things. But if you look at the overall picture from what you, you guys show on TV every morning, you can't tell me that the amounts of money being diverted in the report that Goffred is about to review cannot be more judiciously used on health. You raise over $2.5 billion for COVID. You spend only 25% on health. You are spending the rest doing other things. Meanwhile, there are facilities in Ghana that are basically working hand to mouth. Where is the priority? Who's leading? Where's the empathy? Where is the feel for the you get me? And I'm saying that citizens must start getting interested in the details of such things. Elections are coming, people will come with big promises. Your reality in that Zabzigu place or Tatali is what should inform what you do. And to grill and to police the implementation of whatever policy is put in place. And the district assemblies must be made to work because now you have facilities which have been abandoned. People don't have access to health care. And yet we have grandiose ideas we are using to come people to vote for us. That's not the way to go. Now, let's jump from that to what the uh, Auditor General just found. And we are mentioning $81 million as if it's chicken change. Multiply that by even 10. Multiply that by even the average inter- uh, uh, exchange rate in the past two months. If Let's assume it's even 13. I'm talking about almost a billion CDs. A billion, have you seen a billion cities in your life before? <laughs> a billion cities. You've paid that to UNICEF and they haven't supplied the drugs and there's no agency because it's not your money. You don't care. $81 million. Multiply that by the exchange rate, the average exchange rate around 13. Sky, take a calculator. Please help me. $81 million. Eh? $81 million. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 times 13. One billion and fifty-three. So you 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 pay over a billion cities worth of money because we are in a, a pandemic. 
and you are not pursuing the people to bring the the, the, the medicine. How? Is I mean how? And so there's surprised? no anger. There's no commentary. There's no accountability. Are you there's no. It's not even surprise. I'm angry. Yeah. That there's no. Tell a billion cities. Yeah. To UNICEF. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you say you don't have money. Mm-hmm. You are doing debt exchange. Mm-hmm. Why won't you pursue these monies? You know, for, I, I read the reports and I, I, my conclusion from all that I've seen, the, the COVID was just one big opportunity for people to make money. If, if you look at if you look at the places the money went and the amount of money that was raised and where we find ourselves, but and you read what is an internal audit report basically because that's the auditor general. So imagine what your auditors would have found if they did it. Your auditors, if they would go there and do this, or job, maybe an international an audit inter- agency decides to decides to do this. Imagine what they would find. Imagine if a donor. I'll tell you this. Um, I I used to be on certain boards where if like Germans give you money. The level of scrutiny they attach to even your money spending, it is mind-boggling. To the extent that if you even buy phone credits, you must, and you scratch it, you must take photos of the scratch card and attach it to your receipts. Right? And you, so, so what goes there that the standard for audit may even be lower than what is an international, international standard. International standard. And yet, you go on. You see, and for me, some of the things are, if you read it, again, I'm just giving you my, understanding of this before I even go to the details of it. <clears throat> the absence of performance bonds. It runs through a lot. So it looks like a lot of monies were given out without corresponding okay, KPIs, basically. Yeah. So just make the money available. The money is there. Okay. Almost every single time, the proper processes of expending money as laid out by the law, was abused. Yeah. And that was because the money was suddenly available. It was there. So, a lot of state institutions, individuals, realized that, okay, there are avenues where we can do this. You see? And it's safe to make the assumption that, oh, these are errors. But again, if you put this down together with or side by side with every single other auditor general's report that we have and the losses therein it simply tells you why we are where we are we are thieves if you can after the break itemize the specific oh i will it will be good for us now please don't say yatiabre sometimes you are you, you see you need to know and then you need to quantify the amount and then also possibly, if we have, if we put this out, somebody will be minded to ask the appropriate decision to pursue parliament or whatever to pursue because these monies um, are monies that can be recovered. Yes. So we are not doing it just because we want to make you angry. We are basically pointing to what is possible to salvage a situation. So it's 8.30. Let me just be accountable for the time whilst I come back to the report. Uh, before we get into your money, at Imperial General or at Imperial Ensure, sorry, let me go through this again. It's not, forgive me. It's the Imperial Insurance Win promo. Uh-huh. From now till 31st March, 
you insure your vehicle with imperial, imperial general assurance mm-hmm. and win handsome rewards. So insure and pick up rewards like fewer coupons, give vouchers, special souvenirs, and more. Now we're also giving you a free one-year life insurance cover as part of your motor insurance cover. So get it double from Imperial General. Call 0302-788-955 or 0577-667-436 or talk to any of our agents across the country for further details. Imperial General Assurance, solid protection. Let's bring you a quick personal finance tip. It's called Your Money. It's brought to you by CBG. We stand with you. Well, you know, our good friend... Paul Mante always talks about the 70-20-10, about spending, saving, and giving away. I think today we can talk about giving something, especially with what we've learned that the City Foundation is doing. And yes, maybe it's a plug as well, but mm-hmm. if you can, you know, we know times are hard, we know things are hard, but there are some of us who can still give a little bit. And it doesn't have to be much, because when you aggregate, obviously you get a big amount. So whatever you can do, it could be five cities, it could be ten. But I think it's still important for us to not lose sight of the fact that it is important to give to causes that need it. So as we're all trying to manage the finances that we have and dealing with all that, all of the issues that have cropped up in these harsh times, there's still room for us to say, you know what? Yeah, things are tough for me, but there's somebody in Sagnarigu who's eating on the floor because their school doesn't have a dining hall. There's somebody in Zavzigu who doesn't have a proper hospital, you know. And if there's a way for us to do even a little bit to support, still find a bit of your money to do that. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Three city breakfast show. So we're back to the audit report. So what report was this? What period did they cover? Who did the report? And what are the details, Godfrey? Well, this is the uh, special audit. Yes, it's a special audit. So basically, it's the report on the audit of the government of Ghana COVID nineteen expenditure for the period March twenty twenty mm-hmm. uh, to June twenty twenty two. Okay. Yes, and. Um, if you go through, I, I could go. You don't want me to go to the executive summary. I should go into the details proper for you. Okay, let me just go uh, into the details proper. Yeah, the let highlights. Me, yes. Well, what what caught your attention? Yes, what caught my attention? So on 
the overview of receipts and utilization of COVID-19 mm-hmm. funds. Mm-hmm. For instance, as the records of COVID-19 funds at the Ministry of Finance, Controlling Accountant General and the Ministry of Health indicated that the Ministry of Finance mobilized a total amount of um, $19 billion mm-hmm. Ghana cities in 2020 to mitigate the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. The, record, the records show that an amount of uh, $1.9 billion was mobilized in 2021 and 753 million uh, to finance in up to June 2022 to finance the coronavirus alleviation program and the implementation of the Ghana COVID-19 emergency preparedness and response plan. So in all, a total amount of 21 billion Ghana cities was mobilized to mitigate the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic in Ghana. We noted from my examination of the records that the amount of 21 billion Ghana cities were sourced from the contingency fund, mm-hmm. the World Bank Group, the International Monetary Fund, that's the IMF, the African Development Bank, the European Union, and the sale of BOG COVID-19 bonds for the 2020, 2021, and 2022 fiscal years to finance the Coronavirus Alleviation Program and implementation of the Ghana COVID-19 Emergency Preparedness and Response Plan. So this is just to give listeners an overview of just how much money was... And then we go to the utilization mm-hmm. uh, of... So 21 billion CDs. Yes, about two point five yes. billion dollars. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. So we're looking for three billion from the IMF. <laughs> yes. So in perspective, we get, we got, we are, we are getting three billion from the IMF dollars, and we got two point five billion for COVID. Mm. All right, go ahead. All right. So let me start from the Ministry of Health. Mm-hmm. So it says that we noted that the Ministry of Health, on behalf of the government of Ghana, paid an amount of uh, one hundred and twenty. Million dollars to UNICEF for the supply of vaccines. However, five million doses of vaccines valued at thirty-eight million dollars were supplied to the national cold room, leaving a difference of eighty-one million dollars with UNICEF. We recommended that the chief director of the Ministry of Health should renegotiate with UNICEF to recover the outstanding amount. The ministry, without the approval of the Central Tender Review Committee, increased the cost of five contracts with total contract sum of 24 million Ghana cities by 4 million Ghana cities through variation orders. We recommend that the chief director should seek retroactive approval to avoid disallowance of such variation amount. Then goes on to say that the Ministry of Health entered into a 25-year finance lease agreement at a total lease value of 15 million Ghana cities in 2020 to be used as a holding and isolation center in Adaklu in the Volta region. The works we noted included remodeling the existing buildings to be used as a building treatment and isolation center, but could not use the facility for the intended purpose, which resulted in an additional cost of 20 million Ghana cities. We recommended to the chief director to consider outright acquisition of the buildings. Hmm. Then let's talk about the national food store. But let me take you to... Um, this is just Ministry of Health. Yes, yes. There's so many. Yes, so there's Ministry of Gender, Children and Social Protection. No, still on the Ministry of Health, Kranu. Okay, you go on. Yes. I'm just trying to... So s- the biggest one, obviously, will be the payment to the uh, UNICEF and the Africa Vaccine Acquisition Trust. Yes. Of that $120 million. Yes. For which a large chunk of the vaccines were yet to be delivered. Yes. Now, I'm going to payment of food. Payment for food. Still on the ministry. Yes, that's P17. Mm-hmm. 
So underpayment of food, it said that we noted from our review that in 2020, a total amount of 26 million Ghana cities was expended on the cost of food by the National Food Buffer Stock Company Limited, mm-hmm. the Ministry of Gender, Children and Social Protection, and NADMO for payment of dry food packages, hot meals for vulnerable persons and transportation of food items to faith-based organizations. Mm-hmm. Management issues on how the funds were utilized will be highlighted under the various institutions in the report. So I then go mm-hmm. on to... Um, so they made payments to airlines, they made payments yes. to institutions, they made payments which were administrative costs. But when you go to the details of the findings, mm. that's where I feel there's a few things to say. So, for, for example, failure to withhold tax on payment to Smart Infraco, mm. 1.7 million CDs. Then there was the failure to update post procurement plan on the PPA website. That's mm-hmm. not such a big issue financially. Procurement of Janssen vaccines, they give the details of the amount spent and the vaccines that came in. Mm-hmm. Then they go to things like specific details of the vaccines procured Fjord, yes. and the ones that came and the ones that could. So they actually thoroughly audited every, every vaccine, vaccine that came. Yes. And the shortfall is over $81 million, million worth of vaccines yeah. not delivered. And then they are saying they, they are recommending to the chief director of the ministry to renegotiate the UNICEF AVAT with UNICEF and AVAT to recover the outstanding amount. Okay. And then for me, I don't know whether it, that means getting the money back or because now mm-hmm. the uptake of vaccines, you, you commit. $120 million for vaccines. And don't forget, there's already a vaccine scandal that mm-hmm. the Minister of Health had to go through. There was a whole committee to discuss this. You've paid $120 million for vaccines to be brought in. And we are. this is 2021, 2020. Yeah. We're in 2023. The vaccines are not in. Do people even want to take those vaccines? Mm. And was what agreement, what, what law governed those agreements? And if they, don't res- if they don't deliver the vaccines after a period of time, do we get the money back? We don't know all of this. You get me? So the, the, the audience is simply saying they should renegotiate. But I think there's more details required. And the other point about who is responsible, because, again, if money has been paid up front for something that has not been brought in for two years, you've, you've lost the country money. So it's not a question of just, oh, go and renegotiate. That's, it's like that $80 million. Do you know what you could have done with that $80 million? Okay, then there are all kinds of things. Variations without approval of about 4 million CDs, still under the Ministry of Health. All right, financial leases, 15 million. Then there are specific things around um, rent payments, things around... It's like the financial management is almost always... They find loopholes to do what they want to do when the law is very clear what they should do. Mm -hmm. All right? So, not everything here is illegal, though, I need to say. But single-source procurement without approval, 9.2 million CDs. Okay, ambulance is not delivered. For example, point one two one. We noted that the ministry entered a contract signed on 15 December for the supply of 26 Toyota Hayes Deluxe ambulances valued at $4 million, out of which $607,000 was paid uh, with the PV number listed as of September the 2nd, 2022, to be delivered by 15 January 2022. However, the ambulances remain delivered as of 28 November, remain undelivered. So you paid for the ambulances and you were supposed to deliver the ambulances by uh, January. And as of November of that year, the ambulance has still not come. The chief director explained that the supplier applied for extension to meet some technical specifications. Then he says, under the current economic difficulties, the supplier could apply for price variation to unduly increase the cost of the contract, which could have been avoided if the ambulance had been supplied as scheduled. So it's basically saying the supplier can say the economic, the economic situation means they can't even supply the original ambulance at the same price, and we've lost money. Okay? Management has indicated that upon technical expense by the World Bank, 
additional specifications have been recommended and the contract has therefore been extended to March this year. And then they, ex- ex- they are saying the chief director should ensure mm. the ambulance are delivered. Medical items not accounted for, $247,000. Then let me take you to the, min- the Ministry of Gender and Children and Social Protection. So on that, payment acknowledged with under certificate. That's for the food. Uh, th- that's 11 million uh, Ghana CDs. And it says that uh, the ministry engaged some caterers, some of whom were from the school feeding program and Jofel mm-hmm. Catering Services, uh, for the supply of hot meals and spot payments ranging between 5,000 Ghana CDs and 48,000 Ghana CDs were made to uh, the service providers. I reviews disclosed that the management of uh, the ministry accepted Anna certificates to retire a total of 11 million Ghana CDs paid to caterers. We noted, however, that Jofel restaurants and caterers drawn from the school feeding program who are capable of providing official receipts also acknowledged their payments with Anna certificates. We also noted that 1.5 million Ghana cities out of 3.9 million Ghana cities paid to caterers in 10, 110 transactions relating to the delivery of hot meals were certified and paid in all instances by the same NADMO officials within each of the sub-metros in, and KMA in Greater Kumasi. They could, uh, we could, however, not authenticate the cash payments because they were supported with Anna certificates and lacked internal checks resulting in the possibility of payments being made to persons who may not have provided any service. And we know that this one has happened. So this is for the cooking side. This one is for uh, the cooking side. Mm-hmm. The, 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 uh, the Ministry of Distancy and Religious Affairs. In fact, yes. if you even stay with the health ministry, before you continue with the other ministries, there are so many things. So, for example, they deliver medical equipment to a private facility, which was not even a COVID isolation center, worth $110,000. And this is contrary to the Public Financial Management Act, right? Then there were there were equipment which were faulty or damaged, worth almost $500,000. Contrary to Section 2052 of the Public Financial Management Act, we noted during our visit to nine health facilities in the Greater Accra, OT, Eastern and Western North regions, that medical equipment procured at a cost of $451,000 to assist in the fight against COVID had broken down. They give the details of specific uh, places and the things that are broken down. So you have mobile X-ray, hematology analyzer, suction machine, fetal heart detector and stunts, COVID refrigerator, mm-hmm. uh, ultra flow refrigerator, medical pendant, patient monitor invasive, one crank manual hospital bed, ward screen, oxygen concentrators, consumables for hematology analyzer, autoclave machines, all worth 451,000 CDs. Now what's made this trouble is that the head of facilities involved could not provide any reason for the anomaly. Can you imagine? Almost half a million dollars worth of equipment broken down, no plans for repairs. The guy in charge could not account. Then, medical supplies to private facility, which was not part of the COVID centers. So, for example, Section 19 of the Public Financial Management Act states that a person connected with the procurement or control of government stores who is responsible for any deficiency in any of, or for loss or damage or destruction of any funds or property or any government staff uh, is liable to summary conviction to a term of imprisonment or a fine. Now, medical equipment valued $110,000 was issued to a private facility by name Chris Leeds and Specialist Hospital, belonging to one Dr. C.K. Amenuveve, who did not serve as a COVID isolation center ah. or did not receive any COVID patient. Mm-hmm. And they list the items that were sent to this particular facility, costing us over $110,000 mm-hmm. and 27,000 CDs. Management, <laughs> to supply management could not offer any management could not offer any reason for the infraction right we recommend that the chief director should immediately investigate the allocation to christ leads and specialist hospital and report accordingly 
We recommend that this Dr. Menuhebe should be made to pay for the equipment at the current cost, failing which the amount should be recovered from, from the chief director. Failure to issue COVID equipment to user facilities, $11,000. So apart from the large issues of amount of money spent on something that didn't come in, you are having infractions of various kinds. Yeah. And this is under a medical emergency where the, the country is suffering. And we are being, we are being urged to donate money to support a worthy cause. Mm-hmm. Ghanaian Isolation centers not in use. Mm-hmm. 27,000, 27, 29 million cities. Mm-hmm. Yes. We noted that three treatment isolation and holding centers completed at a total cost of 29 million cities was yet to be put to use. Details are shown below. Remodeling of Old Dodoa Hospital as treatment and holding center cost 11 million. Not in use. Construction of COVID isolation treatment center, Kolebu, 1.1 million. Not in use. Post refurbishment and re equipment of fevers unit at treatment, Kolebu, 16 million. Not in use. Just say, it's like the money has come. Delayed projects, 158 million. The chiefs also. Abandoned project, 15 million. <laughs> See this. Abandoned project, 15 million cities. And all this is just under the Ministry of Health. Then you come to Ghana Health Service. It's just unbelievable. Then there's the Ghana water situation because of the free water. I'm talking about the then free water. Then there's expired vaccines. Yes, that one's Under Ghana there. Health Service, 1 million doses of vaccines received at the National Code Room had expired at the various districts and regions. Right? 1 million and 22,000 doses of vaccines had expired. Okay. They said they were donated and close to expiry. But the audit says the, the vaccines could accidentally be used. Just say, no due care. You know, and if you look at the standard operation procedure in accordance with law, there are so many things they're supposed to have done they did not do. But before, so, just under Ministry of Health and National Ghana Health Service, mm-hmm. it's very clear that the audit is saying that what we should have done, we did not do. Yes. yes. Okay. Now, my feeling is, this will come two days, we'll make noise and go. If you study how Auditor General... How the Public Accounts Committee works in Parliament, and you look at the uh, Occupy Ghana's sort campaign. of campaign with the Auditor General. Mm-hmm. Do you see any hope beyond public lamentations on this for well, surcharging, disallowances, and recoveries? Do you see any hope there? Well, I I see a lot of hope because I mean, hitherto you did not have the kind of um, authority exercised by the Auditor General to surcharge and enforce their surcharge. Mm-hmm. Um, the position is that if you lead an institution mm-hmm. and your job involved use of the public purse, mm-hmm. there are specific laws that you needed to observe uh, to ensure that there's value for money, the people of Ghana, their money is put to good use. Now, where there are infractions of the law, uh, per the provisions of the Constitution, the Auditor General um, has the power to surcharge you. Now, he that, to, that power was not robustly used by the Auditor General, so he took the likes of uh, Isan Kuma and his Occupy Ghana to initiate cases, pressure, put pressure to bear or bring pressure to bear on the Auditor General mm-hmm. as to compel the Auditor General to now exercise that authority. Mm-hmm. So, we have seen a movement from the hitherto passive days where the Auditor General merely reported on mm-hmm. the anomalies, the losses, mm-hmm. and the breaches mm-hmm. and left the rest of Parliament to do its job 
and then very little or nothing at all is done about it mm -hmm. to the age where actively we are seeing the Auditor General pursue people to recover monies that may have been taken unlawfully out of the public purse or may have been misapplied. Now, the question, though, is that what amount of work has been done as to consolidate all the efforts that have been done by the Auditor General over the last few years so that we know how much money may have been lost and how much effort they make to recover and how much was actually recovered. So there is progress, Bernard, but I think we need to do a lot more. But, you know, what actually um, also has got to be done is that beyond the recovery of these funds, mm -hmm. there is also the need for active prosecution. Mm -hmm of people who deliberately take money out of the public press, knowing very well that they were not entitled to it. Mm -hmm. So that in cases where the refunds were not made, mm -hmm. in cases where it is established that there was criminal motive or there is criminal motive, prosecutions will follow. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is where you would expect the Attorney General and allied institutions of state to take up these matters and deal with people. For instance, mm -hmm. I was looking at one of the areas where, you know, people were given uh, money uh, for purposes of ensuring that insurance is provided for, yeah. you know, um, workers across the board because the President so announced. Mm -hmm. But some way, somehow, within the Ministry of Information, people decided to pay themselves merely because they had gone to work. Yes, in and, and, and the report. Wow. They paid themselves when they were already paid by the state to go and work for the good people of Ghana. But they paid themselves allowances in excess of several thousands of Ghana cities. <laughs> Again, our chiefs, yeah. our chiefs were also given money and the idea behind the giving of the money was to ensure that they should go out there and preach to people in their communities because our chiefs still retain a, le a lot of control, a lot mm -hmm. of command, a lot of respect within their respective jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. So money was advanced to them to go and talk to people, encourage them to use nose masks, wash their hands and all of that. But if you look at the report, we are told that what? In excess of 605,962 Ghana cities was unaccounted for. And it ran across. And chiefs are supposed to be people we should hold in high regard. They must lead by example. And yet, people are not accounting for funds that they have collected. So if you collected public money, you have not accounted for it. Sanctions must follow. Do you understand the point I'm making? Mm -hmm. Again, if you go further deep into this, this, this report, there are other references made to, uh, what do you call it, misapplication of the funds. Mm -hmm. The money was given to you. For instance, an amount of 20,000 Ghana cities was released to, um, you know, a, a group of people. 25,000, it was Mr. Thousand, misapplied. Mm -hmm. 36,000, misapplied. Wow. 100,000, misapplied. When you add it up, big money. <laughs> 285,000 Ghana cities misapplied. That's just one, one area alone. Mm -hmm. So the point I'm making is that, as Bena said, we are going to the IMF begging for 3 billion US dollars to be released over a certain period of time. Yeah. It is not coming at a go. In the name of COVID, we a crisis that the world was dealing with, mm -hmm. we raised in excess of 2 billion, 2.5 billion dollars. Dollars, a lot of hard currency. Yeah. 
which money we were hoping to use to deal specifically with issues allied to COVID-19. Mm. Some way, somehow, the Ghanaian in us found the ingenuity, and I'm using the word advisedly, to misapply the resources and in worst case, you know, steal them outright. Because how do you use public resources mm. for a purpose and you cannot account for so it? I wanted to mention some of the the terms mm-hmm. that the Auditor General used in describing some of the things they did. So, for example, mm-hmm. there's a category called unsupported claims. Yes. There's a lot of money that went into unsupported claims. Then you had over-invoicing. Oh, that was a lookout favorite. That, yeah. Then there's unapproved costs. Mm-hmm. Another lookout favorite. Okay. Then single source procurement. Oh, that one. Then <laughs> that is what we do. And then unspent funds, which mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. Uh, yes, if the money is there. That that's okay. Yeah. Okay, misapplication of COVID funds. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, and these are all technical ways of describing the same thing. And you know, abusing mm-hmm. the public trust you've been given in managing public funds. Yeah, and I want to urge people to go and look at the Public Financial Management Act and familiarize themselves with it because. There's a lot of sins committed against Ghanaians because people mis misapply public funds in very and they are very technically creative. Yeah, you know, but in what they do. All these things mm-hmm. lead to financial losses mm-hmm. to the state, mm-hmm. and many of these losses are willful and certified payments. Exactly. So, Bernard, what I'm saying is that. Once it is established that people have creatively mm-hmm. used their skills mm-hmm. to misapply resources, oh, which diligence. misapplication leads to losses to the state, mm-hmm. it is essential that the Attorney General and allied institutions are seen to be working. But I have a question it. for you. you. See, the process for audit is such that after the report is released, mm-hmm. there has to be, of, of course, m- there's management comments that have mm-hmm. to be done. Mm-hmm. And then the final report is sent to Parliament. Mm-hmm. And then somehow Parliament takes like two years to sit on the, on the report. Yeah. So as we speak, Parliament is doing a hearing, Public Accounts Committee, but this is for 2020. Yeah. Is there not something we can do to quicken the process so that we are in 2023? This report is very fresh. Mm-hmm. This is end 2022. So that if, if, for example, the PAC now, mm-hmm. headed by Averji, were to be examining this one... Mm-hmm. It would have made much more impact because what they are reviewing in, on on television now mm-hmm. is two years ago. Okay, so there are a number of things that lead to these delays. The first has got to do with the capacity of the Auditor General mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. to be able to deal with these matters. Mm-hmm. Many of these orders are conducted, you know, two years or three years, sometimes four years after the fact of the misapplications. Mm-hmm. So then they are not current in the strict sense of the word. Mm-hmm. So there has got to be something done about it. So the audit it. itself is delayed. It delayed. And then also, it is as a result of lack of capacity in some cases. For instance, mm-hmm. I mean, the appropriate level of staff they should have, in many cases, they do not they, have. They, they work, work with a lot of audit firms. So a lot of the things the auditor general is supposed to have done yeah. is actually done by the big four. The big four, yeah. That's other right. audit firms. Uh-huh. So understaffing is a big problem there that has got to be be dealt with. Again, the seeming lack of commitment on the part of government to fully release resources to them is one thing that they have you know, repeatedly mentioned over the years mm-hmm. as one of the reasons why sometimes these things delay. Mm-hmm. And then also, you also have lack of cooperation. 
in many cases by these state institutions that should supply the information. I don't want to. You understand? Explaining why we even have the gift mess because this is supposed to be, you know, an electronic system where we can monitor what payment is being made, why it's being made and all of that. So a lot of interventions have been made to deal with some of these problems, except they are not producing the results. Mm. At the level of parliament, again, Mm -hmm. the the committee is chaired by the minority side, Mm -hmm. usually. Repeatedly covering parliament, one of the concerns they have also raised over the years is also the workload. And then also the lack of resources sometimes, because money is not... Parliament is supposed to control its own budget. Mm -hmm. In other words, when they say this is how much we need, Mm -hmm. the government is supposed to supply it. You understand? The executive. The executive. So parliament is part of government. Exactly. But for some reason, uh, there's some muzzling of parliament and what they need really to do their work doesn't ultimately get to them. But it's also important to mention that even they themselves, parliament, they have got to do over work. Mm. They have got to do over time. Mm. They have got to sit for long hours. Mm -hmm. Let them say that, okay, we have 10 outstanding reports from the last, say, two years or so. Mm -hmm. Why not set aside one full month or two months or three months and say that as for these reports, we want to clear them so that going into the next parliament, there will not be backlogs that would have to be dealt with. But Bernard, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to mention that this fund was not just created fancifully. Mm-hmm. It was created for a purpose. And there was an act that was passed to ensure that what people are put in place to run how the money is collected uh-huh. and then also to direct how the money is expended. Uh-huh. And, and quickly, Bernard, with your permission, let me refer you to the Novel Coronavirus COVID-19 National Trust Fund hey. of 2020. Now, it was an act or it is an act established to complement the efforts of government to combat COVID-19 mm-hmm. and to assist in the welfare of needy and vulnerable persons who have been afflicted or impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic mm-hmm. to provide for the management of the fund and related matters. And if you go in there, it tells you about why the fund was created. The objects of the fund are to what? Complement the efforts of government to combat COVID-19 pandemic by providing an avenue for well-meaning individuals, groups and corporate bodies to contribute or donate monies and resources that may be acquired or required to combat COVID-19 and B, receive and other monies or resources contributed or donated to combat COVID-19. Now, Bernard, the board is made up of very distinguished personalities. Mm -hmm. The board that is supposed to be collecting the money and administering them. <laughs> it is chaired by a very respected former Chief Justice of the yeah. Republic. Yeah. Uh, it's just unfortunate that we don't have time. No, Scott, I think we can come back to this because what I, where, you are, where you are going, I just want to clarify a few things. Mm-hmm. Because the sources of funding for COVID were varied mm-hmm. and some of those sources of funds have arrangements around the way it is spent, not all the spending can be brought to the doorstep of the committee. So, for example... If the money comes from contingency fund or World Bank or rapid credit facility from IMF or BOG COVID bond or African Development Bank or EU, I, I argue that because there are different sources of funding, some of which have statutory arrangements over. So, for example, if you pay money straight to BOG's vault, the BOG and the Ministry of Finance working together can decide to allocate it to LIB. So, I feel the board that was set up, that, that thing that you are referring to, had to do with monies raised from private sector sources. 
Do you follow me? So there was an effort to raise money from the private sector to complement these official sources of money. So these official sources of money were some of them went straight to budget. So the committee will not have any locus in even trying to direct. So for example, if an amount is transferred into government of Ghana Treasury account from EU, money is fungible. Ministry of Finance can then say we're using that to go into leap. The committee may not have uh, the board. You mean. Yeah, the board. What the board has oversight over will be money's private sector. So, for example, uh, uh, banks, uh, telcos, raising, bringing extra money because the, the board was put in place to to bring private sector to support and complement this official. But the the audit has was for official sources of money, which is why if you look at the list of what government was reading there, there are about six specific sources of money okay and I'll repeat them for the for the sake of emphasis the contingency fund all right the world bank's uh, fund for covid interventions um IMF rapid credit facility the BOG covid bond AFDB fund and then EU fund okay so these are the monies that came in that were Utilized by the government, the the committee, the board you are referring to, was to oversee. And if I'm wrong, I'm, I stand to be corrected. They were to oversee private sector efforts at raising money to complement what this official source of money would be. You, so those monies, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, were added to this. I, I don't know if they mixed it, whether they are the ones described as COVID funds generally. But you need to be careful not to allocate responsibility to the board mm-hmm. where these are monies coming from official sources that don't pass through any trusteeship. Are you, are you saying that our efforts do not converge and that they were dealing with something else and the government yes. was also dealing see, with something see, else? Because of the situation that was at hand, mm-hmm. apart from the fact that government officially needed to collect money from various donor agencies mm-hmm. and partners to support COVID, mm-hmm. the government also appealed to the private sector and put credible people in charge of a board of trustees to oversee those monies collected. Which is different from yes. that of yes. the, the National Trust Fund for COVID-19. I am not sure. Okay. I am not sure. We okay. can clarify that when we come back. Because I know that the private sector efforts were very different from the government official monies. Money. So let's, let's, let's just be careful we, we clarify those. Okay. We'll take a breather. We'll go back to the... Um, Effective living situation. And when we come back after that, we'll spend the rest of the time to break the rest of this down. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is not the end of the topic. We'll be right back. But when we come back, Charles Mensah will be talking to us about how to get out of debt. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Welcome to week four of your Effective Living series on the theme 2023 Startup Pack. This week we're focusing on setting the right financial foundations for the year. As you know, these are tough economic times for not just Ghana, for the whole world. This week we'll try and give you some insights into how to understand the financial situation, not just of yourself, but of the country, and also how to plan and budget your way into financial freedom. My name is Bernard Avle. My guest is a good friend of the station who's been on this platform a few times, Charles Mensah. I call him my personal financial guru. Charles, good to have you. 
Thanks for having me, Bernard. Happy and, uh, New Year. Happy New Year, too. You're looking well. Thank you. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing well. You're doing well? Yes, yes. I, I can guess your services will be in high demand because a lot of people are not sure what to do with their money and because of all the economic times. But we'll come to all of that. What I wanted you to do first was to tell us whether things are that bad. You know, Ghana's debt to GDP is 105%. Lots of people have had certain levels of haircut and people are not very happy. As a financial guru, before you missed our presentation, how worried should we be about our finance in 2023? Um, naturally, you, one has to be worried because mm. if you cannot service your debt, mm. uh, it, it kills the spirit. Um, but in there, there's always an opportunity. Mm. So you've got to look out for what opportunity can I play out. If you take Ghana, for instance, mm. we have a lot of assets locked up. Mm -hmm. When I said locked up, we have the oil, we have the gold, whatever. We have a lot of natural resources locked up. It's a structure of the natural resources that we haven't done right. I think the government in the past attempted to um, raise funds out of future natural resources. It didn't work well. I'm referring to Japan. It didn't work well in terms of the PR aspect of it. But if I look at it critically, that we could have raised money out of it and used it for economic activity, that would earn us regular, constant income. That's the track. Now, if you only raise it for consumption, naturally it means that for the next 15, 20 years, we'll be in trouble. Mm. So it's high time that Ghana as a country sits back, reflects on the natural resources, and structure a deal, and pass a law to guarantee the structure. Because sometimes, like the GET Fund, the original concept of the application of the GET Fund, is not being done. Mm. Because it was meant for infrastructure mm -hmm. but sometimes you see it being used for um, other things other than the infrastructure so when it and then also the schools it all has to be captured properly and mm. then get fund goes in there unfortunately if you look mm. at the revenue tie in to get fund mm. it was supposed to be a VAT element specifically for mm. get fund mm. to date they haven't done that so I would have requested Embed that in future, when we pass a law tie into some revenue, it should trigger immediately the VAT element for the or get, get fund levy is end. We shouldn't wait for 60 days, 90 days before they'll pay them something. No, so you're saying some of our challenges could be finding a way to monetize our assets, but others are also just designing your cash flow and making sure that there's ready money to do certain things. I, I don't want you to get ahead of yourself, so let's let's talk about the topic. So, the topic is practical ways to get out of debt now practical because i know there are many theories around these things but i brought you in because you're a very practical guy so i want you to start by telling us how people even get into debt first and <clears> foremost <throat> people get to debt because one they were keeping up appearances like the christmas just passed mm -hmm. people were having parties they may have planned it maybe six months ahead people are getting married they may have planned it a year ahead mm -hmm. Next door neighbor, you are getting pressure from your colleagues, your parents, to get married. Mm. And therefore, you attended one or two weddings, and then you are pushed to do it. You naturally go and borrow. Once you're borrowing, you are denying yourself of a future potential revenue. In other words, you are utilizing the process now, and you will be servicing it from next year or from next month. So your future revenue is already tied in. Unless otherwise you are pushing the money into a capital 
expenditure where you can hold on to the asset. Should the servicing becomes a problem, you can sell the TV, you can sell the fridge, whatever it is, because that's what you use the money for. But where you borrow for consumption, then naturally you have a problem. That, that's one. Two, there were some investment decisions that people took. Mm. They heard that there's this company that pays high interest rates. Mm. They rushed whatever they have. They went in there. When they only to withdraw the amount, they are not getting the proceeds for the amount. They've lost money, so debt has been created. Mm. Another one is health. Mm. If you didn't do insurance for your health mm. or for your sibling, and you know something hits at you, raising money becomes a difficult. So you go and end up borrowing. So all these things put pressure. Mm. In our part of the world, where families are dependent on the one who is creating money for them, education for family members can come in. So your sibling just got an admission at a university, mm -hmm. and there's much fund in the house. So they'll come and beg you. So you go and borrow those things. So these are the things that comes into it. And then also those who have credit lines at the banks, like overdraft, or they have cards that they use. So that they will do procurement that the things that they've bought, they don't really need it. But for the fact that they went to the shop and things are cheap, they will end up procuring it. So don't buy the things because it's cheap. Buy it because you need it. Mm -hmm. And once these things are being pan out in your life, and you are utilizing money, mm. and the money that you are utilizing is not coming from yourself, but from OPM, other people's money, then you have borrowed. Mm. When you borrow, it will create debt for you. So these are some of the causes okay. that people have debt. So you've given us four. Keeping up appearances, investment decisions which are bad, health with no insurance, education needs which have not been planned for, and then procurement because things may be cheap. But do you admit that some of the debt could be caused by no fault of people? For example, what is happening in our economy now, as you said, you may have invested in a genuine institution, but because of the debt exchange and some of the things happening, people's savings may have been wiped out. So is it all the time that your debt is your fault? Or it's possible that based on external conditions, you can also be in debt? Thank you for that very critical question. Everything is your fault. Mm. Because the investment decision that you took, you should have looked at what if. Even saving at the bank. When you go to the bank early morning and you deposit your funds there, because you trust the bank, but you must also always ask yourself critical question. What if something happens? And therefore, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. So you must look at a certain way Mm -hmm. of managing your own expenditure, your own revenue streams, and then tie in with your age. So when it is that you've grown at a certain level, maybe you're eating uh, 50 plus, your investment decisions has to be maybe you're buying treasurables. When you're young, you can invest in mutual funds. The crisis that we're having definitely will come out. Definitely will come out. So the things are too immediate. People are rushing and things. So when you are rushing, you don't make rational decisions. So those mutual funds, those who have lost the haircut and things, it's just for a period. It would bounce back. But what it is that if it's ba it bounces back, then the fund managers themselves shouldn't be paying themselves huge bonuses when they bounce back. Because people who have been punished to survive must also be helped 
when things improve. And that's the kind of statement that should come out from the investment decision or, or the policy makers that, listen, we have a problem now. We are suffering haircut. But when things bounces back, we'll help you out. I was just going to suggest that instead of zero, I think they should be able to do some 5%. For the first year, they interest you. They interest me. I mean, it should no way it should be zero. There must be something coming to you, so you know that the investment returns is lower than to say the investment returns zero. So you need to have some five. I prefer to get five percent next year, seven percent, ten percent growth, rather than losing totally and then having a twenty-five percent coming coming through. Mm. Something must be end because mm. people are going to depend it. On that small return that comes in, even if it's two, three, four percent, mm. to pay medical bills, because decisions that people make every now and then they tie in with their age. And we, Bernard, you know this. We've been at it, helping people, teaching people some of these investment decisions. So when these things started panning out, I got a lot of calls that you advise us to put money in mutual fund. You advise us, what are, what should we do now? So that's why I keep on saying that it shouldn't be zero. There must be something small to start with, mm -hmm. so that the, the confidence boosting will be there. Okay. So if I hear you correctly, in the initial part, you said debt is like bringing forward your enjoyment so you can use your money to pay later. So it's basically making a decision that will negatively affect your future. You've also said that even with the current economic situation, we must take responsibility and accept that it is our fault because we could have diversified. There are different things we could have done. Fair enough. Let's now come to how do you get out? So you are owing people. You are a company. Or let's start with the individual. An individual who is in debt. Maybe the bank loan, you are servicing it. The interest rates are too high. Or even you don't have enough money to even do the amortization. What are some steps we can take? Or what do you do when you realize that okay. you're in a situation like this? First, first thing you do, and I'm talking to um, individuals here. First thing you do is to relax. Mm -hmm. Take a paper and list all your debt, irrespective of the amount involved. Mm -hmm. Many a time, Mami Akam, which is the, the canteen shop that you usually buy food from, sometimes you are owing three days, four days, you haven't mm -hmm. paid. So when mm -hmm. you compile your list, you end up losing that one out. So when you do a lot of Mami Akam around, you probably would think that, hey, that's, that's a lot of money. So you need to have paper, pen, and this time around, I will encourage you to use red pen to, to write it. That shows the thing that's going. In other words, you need to have money. So you list from your uh, mortgage, if you have one, from your car loan, if you have one, mm -hmm. from education loan, if you have one, mm -hmm. the food, if you have one, loan from the bank, if you have one, companies outstanding, if you have one, IOUs from your friends, if you have one. Mm -hmm. So you need to have a whole list of it. That's one. Mm -hmm. The second one is that you look at the tenor of those lists that you've compiled. Mm -hmm. What is the repayment schedule for it? Mm -hmm. Are you paying monthly? Are you paying weekly? Are you paying quarterly? Mm -hmm. And is there any interest cost? So if there's any interest cost, then you rank them. Those that come within interest cost, it means that they are going to eat into your future income. Now, those that are interest-free, like company giving you a loan is interest free so rank them a and b so a being the interest charge loan and a b being the non-interest charge loan mm -hmm. and they compare them up mm -hmm. they will end up giving you some repayment schedule 
you yourself would have done that. Some repayments can. Otherwise, how much do you have to cough every month to meet the repayment schedule that the contract you signed for, that a friend agreed, the promise that you gave your friend that you paid two weeks' time. Put all those things there. And then you look at the repayment schedule. When you look at the repayment schedule, it gives you a certain amount that you need to generate net of your current expenditure. Net of your current expenditure. Current expenditure means that, you know, things that consumption you, you do every now and then. Mm-hmm. If you look at it critically, you will notice that your income will not even cover your expenditure, mm-hmm. let alone service your debt or repayment of your principal. Do that because people many a time only remember the high debt, the high amount. So the guys who is giving them pressure and they ignore the other one. Mm-hmm. So but then he clears Kojo. I just calls the following morning says that when are you paying my money? He didn't factor it in. So that's why I'm asking that you go step by step. Now, when you compare all these things, and then you start making calls, when I say making calls, start approaching people, that you have to meet their debt because your income is not enough. Now, if your income is not enough, what can you do as a person? Mm-hmm. You have to look at multiple streams. You have to look at other ways because the capacity to service the debt becomes a challenge. Mm-hmm. Your expenditure becomes a challenge. And that's why you have to admit that, Charles, I am broke. Mm-hmm. This thing of covering it up that, oh, Nyami Beye, it's okay, and things like that, it's not admission. It's just a hope business. Mm-hmm. But admit that you have crisis. Mm-hmm. Earlier, I had stated, I look for the causes, why you got there first. Mm-hmm. So now they've done the list and admit that you have a problem. Then you go to the last stage, which is, how do I service the debt? Mm. Before we come to that, let me just tell our viewers and our listeners that this is the Effective Living series. We are in week four of the series, and the theme for week four is financial foundations. And this week we'll be talking about money, investments, and how to set the right financial foundation for the year. The 2023 Effective Living series is on the theme 2023 Startup Pack, and my guest is Charles Mensa, who is walking us through practical ways of getting out of debt. He says you have to know your current state take a paper list all your debts look at the tenure of the loans and arrange them based on interest and non-interest rank your loans call your creditors admit you're in a crisis now he's going to look at how do you get out how do you address this so you've done all this you've admitted you are in debt you are broke what what's the next step some steps to do you renegotiate do you call the bank do you start selling your property what are some of the things you can do to start based on the information you've gotten from this exercise, to start making remedial measures. Okay, maybe yes. Um, you you have to f- first look at the income because when you do the, the 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 flow, it gives you a sense of how much is coming into your hands. Mm-hmm. Now your expenditure on regular basis is higher or is even a little bit over the income, mm-hmm. so it means that you have a challenge. Let let alone servicing the debt. So you need to look at other sources of income. Mm-hmm. Extremely important. Mm-hmm. Other sources of income. You may have a particular asset in the house mm-hmm. that you bought it for a particular need. And if that need is zero, <clears throat> you can strip it. You can sell it because you are trying to come out. Mm-hmm. Friends that I know of had different plots of land. Mm-hmm. Four year, two year, when he was... Uh, really any income. Mm-hmm. When a crisis came through, 
they approached me and I said, look, release some of the assets. Mm -hmm. So they released <laughs> some of the assets. I mean, the structure was different because it's personal, so I, I, I can't. But they released the assets. They got some money and they renegotiated the loans that they have with other people. And then some of them they pay outright. Outright because the creditors, okay, if you can raise Charles, if you can give me 15,000 cities out of my 22,000, I'll write it off for you. So there's no future. So when he raised the money, he had negotiated before he did this. When they raised the money, they went ahead and paid the people. And then gradually, within a year, they are back on track. When they came back on track, now that they are back on track, they decided to go back to buy assets. This time around, I told them that they should buy service plots. Mm. Because that one, at least, the value would appreciate. So these are the things that you have to. Because people don't like admitting. Especially when you have a spouse and children that you don't want to give them um, um, a story or so information that is bad. You even, uh, you leave home late or mm. early. You come home late. They don't want to see you because before you realize, somebody's knocking at the door and the kids go and open the gate. Who is there? It's Mami Adwa who's coming for the loan. And so they come and shout. So you're avoiding all these little things. You run away from the house. Admit <laughs> that there is issue. Mm. For all you know, the kids who used to go to school early morning with sausages, they will change. Mm. Who used to eat conflicts? They will change. Maybe they will have a porridge. In the morning, I'm referring to the cuckoo. Mm. Gobe became popular because when crisis came in. But Gobe has been there time, time immemorial. Mm. But nobody averted a mind to it. So when you speak to the family, I'm referring to those who are married with kids. You speak to the family. Mm. Because they've enjoyed before, now we have a little crisis. Talk to them. You think they don't know. They observe you. Because mm. a little, little thing, you are annoyed. <laughs> so your kids will, will observe you, and it's not that they clear with mommy to see that uh, how is daddy today, or, or how is mommy today. In a bad mood. Is it in the bad mood? Mm. Don't let financial crisis push into that mood mm. where they are scared to come and discuss things to do. Let them know, discuss that, and then you start. Mm. Please, if you're spending more time with friends and you're not earning anything out of it, mm. it's high time that you see how to reposit. The mm. time. Because mm. time, they say, is money. Mm. And if time is money and you're hanging four hours, five hours daily mm -hmm. with friends and you're not earning anything, why don't you turn it around? Maybe if I have a skill, apply it properly. These days of social media, mm -hmm. you can't sell the skill. Mm. Maybe you are good at selling uh, products online. You are not the person who designs or mm. do the product, but marketing it. You can start that. Before I realize, you become an aggregator of people who have products mm -hmm. that are selling to a certain community that you can drive those community. How realistic is telling your creditor that they should stand still for a year? You don't have money to pay. Whether it's a bank or somebody that, you know what, based on my financials, you have to give me like some breathing space. Do you need some specialists to help you do that negotiation? Or this is normal? Oh, you have to do a, a, a projected cash flow. Okay. Your your creditor would only rely on numbers. So when you have a projected cash flow, projected cash flow I'm referring to your various monthly or weekly earning that come onto your hands. And your survivor expenditure, that's food and transport. Mm -hmm. I call it survivor because without that you can't even earn the income for next month. Mm -hmm. So when you deduct it from it, it gives you a sense of what is net to you. 
Mm -hmm. Then the servicing is a challenge. So you would have done the total of the servicing. So this is where you take to your, 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 your creditor. And then you sit with the creditor to go through it. Be candid about it. Because what is happening is that your creditor is also using other people's money. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they will like the truthful. So they can make provision also in their books. But when you don't tell you spank surprise on them that, oh, boss, I cannot pay you, they will have a problem. You can't spring surprises on your creditors. That's why mm. Bank of Ghana and the banks, when they lend money to us, and you are not servicing for a couple of months, they have to do provision, NPR, you know, they have to provide for that, mm. your debt. So when you tell them and you look at the cash flow, mm. they may readjust themselves. I want you to elaborate on two things. You mentioned multiple streams of income. Before we go there, you said food and expenditure are like basic. Uh, sorry, food and transportation. Yes, survival. So, survival, you call it. So, which areas can you cut? If somebody is in debt and they want to start making cuts, can you give us some of the things that are untouchable and the ones that you know that this one you can easily cut from that budget? The food and transport is key mm -hmm. because that's what you use to survive. Unless otherwise you're working from home. Even mm -hmm. that, the transport becomes your communication. Mm -hmm. I remember those that we used to call transport and communication. So, you pay data. Mm -hmm. So what it is is that the transport, what's the mode of the transport that you're mm -hmm. doing? If you use Uber to work, then you probably have to change and see whether you can go out early and join the bus and join the community bus. I call it community bus. People call it trotro, but mm -hmm. I call it community bus. And mm -hmm. join the community bus to wherever you're going. Mm -hmm. Readjust yourself. Have your shoes mm -hmm. in, a, in, in the, like our ladies do. They have their shoes in the back when they get to the office, then they dress dressed up so equally if you have your jacket you could have your jacket off or leave in the office and then when you go you suit up that's what you do that's the that's for the transport so if uber was taking 40 cities every other day to work which makes you very comfortable but because things are tough see what i can save 20 cities at all because 20 cities a day savings on uber gives you 100 cities a week and it gives you 400 cities a month mm -hmm. that can service some of the debts that you are, you are owing. So transport yeah. is one area. What other area can you cut? Food, food, food. Maybe you used to order lunch. You can do lunch because you have a crisis. Mm -hmm. not for, you must admit. Like mm -hmm. I've talked about mission already. Mm -hmm. So instead of my lunch being ordered regularly for a certain mm -hmm. month, I want to save a certain percentage of my lunch. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can look at the combination and the type of food that you have. Maybe instead of having breakfast and lunch, you have brunch. So two in one, and then you increase the qu uh, quantity a bit, and then maybe you have your uh, late dinner. You change some of these things, and at that time also, if you have a family member, you got to procure things, go to the market, make a list, go with the, uh, the spouse or yourself can go to the market and procure things and cook for the week in bulk and, and in bulk. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And cook for the week and dish them in the various bowls. So Monday bowl, Tuesday bowl, Wednesday bowl. Look, don't feel shy about it. What about school? Can you change your children's school? Maybe they are paying dollars. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed because I just, uh, last month, I just advised parents that they should check these two schools and see the content. But if they can afford it, they, they should stay there. But that means that something has to forego. So what are they going to look? So maybe instead of the children buying 
PlayStation and things like that, you're going to plow those money. So those ones mm. are very critical and very emotional. You go, they are going to new school. It's now that they are going to readjust. You can't take that decision. That's a cost-cutting measure. Mm. It's a cost-reduction measure. Mm. So one comes with it some talk-through. Others can't deal with the immediate reaction. So do the thought-through process and things like that. Maybe if you're going to change the school and they all agree to change the school, mm -hmm. then you can support it by getting some part-time teacher from the first school to be coming home to support it. That mm -hmm. teacher will also use that as a other income mm -hmm. for, for him or herself. That could be another solution. That, that could be another solution. You started by talking about how we got here in the first place. Do you think it's possible to live without borrowing? A little borrowing, some will say, it doesn't hurt, but that's the beginning of your problems. A little borrowing is a starting point. People borrow small uh, to so I'm only going for this. Please don't, because in a good Bible, already talks about uh, Proverbs chapter twenty-two verse seven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Proverbs twenty-two seven. Yes, can you read for me? Okay, I'll find it. Okay, Proverbs twenty-two verse seven. A borrower naturally will become a slave to the master. Oh, okay. And and basically, you always... The it says, uh, uh -huh. the rich rules over the poor, mm -hmm. and the borrower is servant to the lender. Thank you. Mm. So once you're a borrower, <laughs> you're, you're a slave. Mm. And we all want to move away from that. Mm -hmm. So a little borrowing you start with will can create a problem. Borrow only for an earning. Because your personal balance sheet... Is what you have and what you owe. Mm. So your balance sheet would be things in your room, knowledge itself. Maybe you've gone to school, you've borrowed to go to school. It's it's, a, it's an asset to you. Once you have that, what is it earning as compared to the debt mm. that you are servicing? So borrowing can only be good for my calculation as long as tie in. To an asset that then can pay for that, the, then can pay for itself. To go to university, you may borrow, correct, but not to buy food to eat, correct, not to buy a new car. correct. I'm sure there's a lot more questions you may have. So, if you want to contact Charles, do you do any training, any academy people can come to? How can people get no? Actually, actually, we do um, some radio and things sometimes, okay. And um, if you want to call us, uh, the, the training line, we'll put the number on the screen, on the fantastic. Transmesa is my chartered financial guru. We've been talking about practical ways to get out of debt as part of laying the right financial foundations for 2023. This is Effective Living Series. This is just the beginning of week four. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be with you next time with another exciting topic. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. So that was Charles Mensa speaking to me on the Effective Living Series on how to get out of debt brought to you by enterprise insurance hallmark freight and logistics now it's a fabulous back to school offer at roberts and sans optical services bring your kids to any of our branches at denta wager adabraka osudankwa or tema or east legon or Cove town or kumasi get a 10 percent discount on total purchases of their blue light protection glasses kids age between 6 to 16 also get a 50 percent discount on comprehensive eye test get all these amazing discounts for kids between 6 to 16 offer valid from 13th to 28th february terms and conditions apply call or whatsapp 0501 robert and sons seeing is believing
and losing a loved one stops you in your tracks and leaves you shaken. In those trying times, you can count on us. Over the past 21 years, Lashibi Funeral Homes and Crematorium has had your back when you needed it most. From picking up your loved one through to the burial or cremation and funeral receptions, Lashibi Funeral Homes and Crematorium will guide you through the unfamiliar territory of selecting products and services you'll need to ensure your loved one has a fitting send-off. Contact us on 0509-542-409 or email info at lashibifuneralhomes.com. Lashibi Funeral Homes and Crematorium. Dignity for the deceased, comfort for the bereaved. Tukia Immigration Consulting Services is committed to being your source of information, personal advisor, and authorized representative in all your immigration matters for Canada. Our consolidated and personal information approach provides the support you need to make the right decision for you and your family. Whatever your needs are or to know more about Canada immigration, contact Askia Immigration Consulting Services to help you discover everything you need to know about Canada. Uh, go to askiaimmigration.com for a free consultation or call 0506-012-289. You can also see us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. It's at Askia Immigration and on Twitter at Askia Immigrate. Askia Immigration Consulting Services, the joy of greatness for your journey to Canada. And imagine seven exciting days of adventure through 16 incredible regions of Ghana. Yes. I I hear it's getting sold out already. Of course it is. So for those of you waiting, please Hmm. don't wait much longer. You will lose your place. The promise is of a rich cultural experience, introspective Hmm. historical visitations, and exhilarating field day with nature. Hmm. Join the Heritage Caravan. So it's a once in a lifetime experience. The 4th to 11th of March on the Heritage Caravan 2023. It's full of fun, education, information, and warm memories. Call 0205-973-973 to register and pay now. Heritage Caravan 2023 is powered by City TV with support from City FM and proudly Mm. sponsored by Holland Ghana, the European Union, Malta Guinness and Ebony Condoms. Meanwhile, ECG is noticing with great concern the uncontrolled activities of bush burning, especially during the Hamatan season, which adversely impacts on the quality of power supply. Now, this is ending up burning our network system, resulting in outages and inconvenience to the system and to the customers. And it puts a heavy toll on our limited finances. So please, ECG reserves the right to go to court to seek legal redress against offenders. So help ECG serve you better. Go to ecg.com.gh for more information. And Heritage Christian College, affiliated to KNUST and accredited by DTEC, is offering some Wonderful programs in BBA, accounting, marketing, HR, banking and finance, etc. We also have BSc Information Technology, and we do tutorials for professional programs including ICA, CIMG, and ICM. Get in touch either by calling 0202-298-399 or dial short code star 789 star 300 hash to buy your forms online. All right, so we've been talking about Prospectus Ghana. Their new short code and some of the things that they have, uh, including paper. Mm-hmm. And I have in studio CEO Jude Fosujemfi and a PRO Estamauto to talk about the company. Prospectus Ghana, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you, Bennett. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm not bad. You're not bad. I'm doing well. Amazing stuff. Prospectus reminds me of Form 1 when I got yes. my green prospectus. <laughs> you know, and of all the things in the prospectus, I needed to get cutlass mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and some other interesting things. Yeah. And I wanted to get everything. You know, it's such a nostalgic 
So when I see prospectors, I remember from one going to secondary school in my uniform. <laughs> you. I wore a white shirt to school and then I got the blue shirt. <laughs> Magic blue shirt. <laughs> my khaki, Charlie. Yes, sir, oh my God. Huh. Age 14. Memories. Oh Lord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so your company is called Prospectus Ghana. Yes. Sir. So do you, what do you do? You help me get the prospectus? For school, was was the boss the why prospectus Ghana? Absolutely, so um, you want us to talk about that? <laughs> all right, all right. Jump so in. prospectus Ghana is basically um, mm. a one-stop shop for mm. everything you need for mm. the words prospectus. So we're speaking mm. um, the white shirts, like you said, cutlasses, trunks, chop box, provisions, anything at all, cardigans, and all of that. So, um, instead of going, you know. To search from one shop to the other, we have mm-hmm. everything you need. Mm. We're not 90%, just saying 100%. Whatever you want, you get it there. But for starters, you've introduced what you call the short code, the yes. Ghana short code. What's that? Yes, so we had issues with um, parents wanting to you know, make a down payment, mm. and then when the season is ready, they mm-hmm. can come and you know, get the items. Mm-hmm. But then we realized, oh, what if this parent lives all the way in Kaswa? Mm-hmm. It means he has to drive all the way from Kaswa to Graphic Road, to make a down payment of maybe 100 CDs. Mm-hmm. So we decided, okay, it's fine. If we want to create a USSD app or a short code where parents can, you know, at the comfort of their own home, send mm-hmm. in payments and prepare themselves ready for the season before, mm-hmm. you know, they're there. So if your child is in maybe Form 3 mm-hmm. or Form 2, you can start making down payments until the season is due or until maybe the results are out, mm-hmm. you know, the school your child is going to. And then you can just walk into prospectus. Mm. All we have to do is check your unique number or your phone number. Mm-hmm. And we see how much you have deposited into the account. Mm-hmm. We take it up from there. So yeah. this is irrespective of where you live? Irrespective. of where you live. Mm-hmm. I see. So it's a national thing. Now, uh, let's, let's, let's develop that a bit. Let's talk about the short code. So this is for parents. The short code is for parents, not for the student. No. It's for the parent to get some sort of relief in building up money to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the amount that I have... Uh, deposited using the short code is not enough to pay for what I want. Okay, so what happens is if you come and we check mm-hmm. and the amount that you have deposited is not enough to cater for all the items that mm-hmm. you need to take to school, mm-hmm. uh, you are required to pay the difference. So we'll give you a bill and mm. then show you how much you have deposited so far mm. and then the parent will add the difference. Mm. That's quite innovative. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a response to the way parents have been interacting with you. Yes. Now, what if I want my money back? So I wanted to buy something for my ward, but I've said, no, I want to go and do a cocoa farm. <laughs> so I won't do it again. We do not expect this to happen. All right. Should it happen, mm. Prospectus Ghana is going to pay back everything that the parent has deposited mm. with us without taking any commission. Mm. Wow. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay, nice. So, do you offer any other services at Prospectus Ghana aside the sale and supply of school items? Yes, so we have a new brand. Mm. Um, it's called Chalk White A4 Sheets. Chalk White A4 yes. Sheets. <laughs> chalk White A4 Yes, A4 so it's Chalk White A4 Sheets. Uh-huh. Yes, so um, it's produced here in Ghana. Mm-hmm. And it's one of our new brands we're putting out to the market. Produced in Ghana? Yes. yes. A4 Sheets? Yes. Produced in Ghana? Ghana. Yes. For photocopies? Yes, it's written everything. Is it? Nice. How, how big is the rim? We have brought you one. You brought me mm-hmm. one? For you to use On it. my photocopy machine? Yes. Amazing. So you, you would see it. So that's the next thing you're doing? Yes. Is that all? We want me to take it on. We, yeah. we also provide um, student service. Okay. Parents can walk in, buy all the provisions. That is after the awards have gone to school. Mm. You come and buy all the things. 
intermittently you want to send some things to them yeah. because they are not able to live on the garage that you give to them throughout <laughs> the time. So you come, you buy your milk, your yeah. sardine and the rest, and you leave them with prospects. You can deliver for us. Deliver. Wow. Everywhere. Can you send home chew for me? Home chew. We do. What? <laughs> ah, Seriously. You remember home chew. Of course. <laughs> we call it, we call we it home chew. Home chew. So the parents say, oh, I've, I've got some jollof for my daughter. That's Can it. you send? Yeah. So you add it to your provisions and we do your... Really? But wow. we cook the home chew. You don't do it. <laughs> so we cook it. Yeah, you cook it and, yeah. and okay. bring it to you. Yeah. And this is hmm. any part of the country. Any part. Same day delivery for schools okay. in Accra and mm. 48 within 48 hours. Are you able to give pocket money to my ward as part of my? Do- so l- let's assume I've contributed money, and I feel he needs to get some 30 CDs in his momo or whatever. Are you able to do that? No, that. Or schools don't allow cash. Yeah, so you buy the items for the, the student. Absolutely. Mm. You buy the items for the student. So how do do you have a platform where I can buy the things? Or I have to come to your office to buy the things. Yeah, we have virtual um, service there. What yeah. we call the e-commerce. Okay, so what's the address? Website prospectusghana.com. Really? Yes. Yeah, I told people who have students in school. Though. Yeah. So <laughs> and this takes off a lot of the stress, yes. stress of, yes. of prospectus you know, Ghana. going around and buying all yeah. of the, the so supplies. So you can just get onto the website. Pick the items, pick the items you want, and then give the address, yes. and then you go and deliver. deliver. So and they'll know it's from me. Yes. Do you have like, um, you know, based on what school the student is attending, like, yeah. okay, there's a, here's a Presec package. Yes, a Presec guy. Or, or, or Gasco package, know, or Holy Child package, <laughs> you know, like, okay, is, are there packages like that, like based on the school, or is mm-hmm. it just everything is there, pick what you need based on the school prospectus as a parent? The latter is the case. Okay. Is there. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm on the side. Yeah. Chalk white A4 sheet, yes. student mattress, school bag, notebook, chop box, mm-hmm. standard, Jack and Bill something, mm-hmm. exercise books. Shop by clothing, bags, cosmetics, provisions, footwear, toiletries, electrical, stationery, general. Mm. Galvanized bucket. We had to take a bucket to school. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sponge. Now suitcase. Dry line. Plastic mm. cup. Rubber band. This is an innovative... I don't see my school on your school. <laughs> I, see, I, see, I saw my school and yeah, it's, school it's just gone past. Yeah. How do you have a list which... Okay, we are there. <laughs> <laughs> we also have check check as well. All the check check colors. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. How many schools do you have on this? <laughs> or, like, so basically, each of our secondary schools. Yes, including private schools? Private schools. Private schools yes. as well. Nice. That's applied to university. Uh, so yeah. if I wanted to send something to my... T- uh, daughter at uh, Sunyani Polytechnic. Yes, yes. You could do that mm-hmm. as well. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Yes. Give me your phone number and your something how people can get in touch with you. Yes, you. so our phone number is 0500-600-607. All right. Can you repeat that? 0500-600-607. Esther Mauto <laughs> is the PRO of Prospectus Ghana. And Esther is EZTA. Yes, please. Quite. Like as Aneto <laughs> and Jude Fosu Jemfi, CEO of Prospectus, very innovative company. Thank you for being on the show. Thank we'll be right back. Man. When we come back, I'm jumping back into the Auditor General's report because I want to speak to Ghana Health Service to respond to some of the findings. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. Five minutes to ten. We want to squeeze in a quick interview. So the audit report is so many pages. 
but the there are parts we can quickly deal with. So, in, surprisingly, the Ghana Health Service had only two issues raised about it. Compilation of data on infrastructure and equipment worth 678,800 CDs, which according to the auditors, the uh, GHS spent that amount on getting this information, which in their view was supposed to have been done by the Ministry of Health. Right? And then second point of query was the issue of expired vaccines. So for an audit report on health, the GHS has only two queries. The, the Ministry of Education, the Ministry of Health had a lot. So Dr. Fadikuma Abouaji is the CEO. want him to react to those two. Let me read them again. We observe that the Ghana Health Service spent an amount of 678,800 CDs on the compilation of information on treatment and isolation centers and medical equipment in regions. Even though the Ministry of Health, which is constructing the facilities and the temporary central medical store that is responsible for the equipment, already had the data. Then they gave the breakdown of the centers too, worth 678,000. Now, they spoke to the director of finance who explained that the service needed its own independent data for operations. And then they already they said a few things. Then the second query was to do with expired vaccines. Again, they noted that 1 million, at least over 1 million doses of vaccines received at the national code room and issued to user facilities had expired at the various districts and regions. Again, the vaccines, according to the uh, audit, could accidentally or mistakenly be used, be issued among the wholesome ones for vaccination, which could pose public health threat to the country. And they recommend that the director of public health should ensure the vaccines are disposed of. Dr. Fadikuma Baji, thanks for joining us. So, first point, for the big audit, the Ghana Health Service had only two major queries. Um, I don't know whether that makes you happy or not, before I even get into the details, because some other institutions had a lot of queries. You had just two. Well, let's see whether we have responses or the cogent reason for those issues. So good. The first... Uh, no, no, no query is, is good. So, whatever... Fair enough. The first one, I've already said, had to do with the information you procured at 678,000 cities on health centers and facilities, which the, the auditors felt ought to have been compiled by the ministry or, the, or another agency, the central medical stores. W- what's your comment? No, th- thank you. You see, those facilities are our facilities. Bernard, we have 6,000 plus facilities across the country. They are run by the district and the region. Apart from whatever the ministry is collating, the Ghana Health Service itself, the regional director for management purposes, need to look at that. We had asked them to compile those places, give us the number of beds and what is there and who are there so that we can now be prepared as we go towards mainstreaming of the management of the cases. So um, the level of detail may not be the same as what the ministry does. So we are doing our own for management purposes and treatment of cases. So uh, they are not the same. And so mm. so you, you, you do not agree that it's a duplication? No, not at all. The level of assessment is very different. Fair enough. The ministry may, may be looking at the, what, who is where, where are they, but we are looking at more granular data mm. about how we can look at so that we can quickly uh, appraise, uh, equip those places to be used as the treatment centers. Fair enough. The second issue had to do with the over 1 million doses of vaccines received at the National Code Room and issued user facilities that had expired at the various districts and regions. What was your response to that? Okay. One, um, 5 to 10% expiry of a vaccine is normal. 
okay? Because when you go to a village and you have a vial that contains 20 doses and you open and you have only 10 patients, you cannot use the next dose the following day. So that's the waste. But we're also not going to say, we're not going to give you because there are only five of you. So um, wastage is accepted, but it's a limit. We also had a peculiar issue of where we are getting vaccines that have about three, four, sometimes two months to expire, especially part of the donation. So we do a lot of run around to make sure that we deploy them before they expire. So that, in its sense, looking at the amount of vaccines that has come in, is still uh, falls within the right. The disposal is not as simple as it is. You gather them to bring the FDA to certify that it's been properly disposed of. And so that's what we do. So you may find it there, but they are not part of the ones that are going to be accidentally issued to anybody. Okay, so but when we co- collect and then FDA comes together with FDA, they are disposed of because uh, some of them have live virus, live attenuated viruses. So uh, disposal is not like anybody else just throwing them away. There's a particular technical way mm. of disposing of vaccines. So as we speak, have they been disposed of? A lot has, but some might be expiring today. I don't know. Mm. And that will not be given out. And mind you, there was another issue. No, well, the way we started the, the vaccination, number one, nobody currently knows how many doses individuals will need to be protected. Number two, nobody knew when a particular vaccine will expire because it would have needed a long years to study to see how active a Pfizer vaccine will be in 10 years, in five years. We didn't have the luxury in this incident. And so you realize that after WHO has given expired of, say, June, they were extended by three months or six months because they think it's safe. And then we'll go on. They will continue testing for stability and effectiveness and activity. And if it is still active, they will expand. That's why you have a lot of Pfizer that is seen on written on it expired, but they have been internationally reviewed and extended and approved by the FDA that, yes, we didn't have enough information, but for safety purposes, we gave it a shorter duration whilst we continue to study stability of the vaccine. And so, uh, we don't accidentally give the expired vaccine to anybody. Alright, thank you for those responses. That was Dr. Patikuma Boaji, DG Ghana Health Service, uh, responding to the two queries. That's what we have time for for the City Prefer Show. In subsequent programs, we will be speaking to various uh, MDAs who have been referenced in the document for their responses as well. My name is Bernard Avle. I was here with Godfrey Akotobafu, Kokui Hansen, and Richard Sky.